Hello and welcome to the Weekly Recap. This is Nick, uh, hanging out in the basement with Tyler from Creekside. How's it going? Uh, appreciate you coming out, man. Uh, this is a big episode for us. This is episode 182, so we are here to talk strictly about emo music the whole time. We're not talking about beer at all today. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, a big milestone. Although we are drinking beer, so we can we can probably talk about what we're drinking. So. Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to drop the details on a very rare release? Yeah, absolutely. So we are actually the this is the second craft beer Pittsburgh podcast to be drinking this beer this week. This is uh, <laughs> Parish Double Dry Hop Ghost in the Machine, eight and a half percent double IPA from down in Louisiana, from uh, Broussard, Louisiana. Uh, I gave one of these beers to uh, Ben and Spence from the Football and with Big uh, Ben Roethlisberger podcast, and they drank that with Bill Cower yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Yeah, of course. Uh, Ben's a bigger VIP than I am. <laughs> just, so. barely. just barely. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome, though. Uh, I haven't listened to that episode yet, but I'm going to have to check it out. For yeah, sure. just dropped so. yesterday. They drank this one, and they drank the Bill Cower Iron City cans with his face on them. So <laughs> thought it was very strange that he was drinking a beer with his own face on it, but it was pretty funny. That is funny. Um, I, he seems like the type of guy that would be a good interview for something like that. Like He just seems like down-to-earth, like, like pretty real. Um, my buddy Bill works at Duquesne. And he was at their, he was like the honorary speaker at their uh, graduation this weekend. Right. That's why why he was was in in town. town. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. uh, He said they were like, people were taking selfies with him. Like he was just totally gracious about the whole thing. Yeah. He seems really down to earth. And I think a person like that, that's like in the media, like he's like on CBS and has been for, since he retired as a coach. Like, I think someone like that is a good interviewee for a podcast or a TV show or something because they sort of know how it works. Uh, not to say that any of the other guests that they've had on that that show have been like bad, like former players and everything. It's really still really cool to get that perspective, but it feels like more polished. Like when you have someone that's like been doing this like professionally for a right. decade, you know? Yeah, because I can imagine. Like you went to the the live recording of the one with McCutcheon, right? Yeah, it was Kutch and Pat Fryermuth and Bob Pompiani were the three guests. It, wow. it was at Cinderlands about like what two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> I feel like that would be a lot of fun too. Uh, a live atmosphere like that at a bar, like yeah, it was cool and it was very. Very laid back. It is kind of strange to see a podcast recorded live. Like you don't really know like what to do. Like as like an audience, you know. Like obviously, like it's not super interactive. Like they did a question and answer at the end. They did like some trivia and stuff. But like besides that, like you're sitting there. I was really interested to like hear what they had to say. So that was cool with me to sit there and enjoy. But there's people that are there like socializing. Like it's kind of strange to me to like. You know, like you're here to listen to them talk, and you're in the background, like just sort of buzzing. You know, right. <laughs> so yeah. there was a little bit of that for sure. But no, that was that was an awesome experience. Cinnamons did a really good job with that. The food was fire at that, dude. Uh-huh. They had like oh, Cinnamons always kills it, though. Dude, They're there was like, like caviar and shit. Like it was, it was, it was like ridiculous. It's like very <laughs> bougie. But you know, Cinnamons is always always fire with the food. But yeah, yeah, they went above and beyond for this one. <laughs> Chef JoJo, right? Yeah, um, man, it, like. There have been a few times where I've gone there and like the menu just doesn't look appetizing to me, but Uh everything coming out of the kitchen is just like, I want that. I want that. I want that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They just seem to make like the best of everything. Yeah. They're one of those places that like, they just throw ingredients together and like you would, you read it and like, oh, this is weird. Like, I don't think that'll be any good. And then you eat it. You're like, oh, this, okay. They they know better than I do. (laughs) Just let me stuff my face. Like (laughs) the super secret burger club on Wednesday is like that. They always look ridiculous. Yeah. Some of them like sound like insane. Like two weeks, two or three weeks ago, they did like the cafeteria one that was like Salisbury steak and mashed potatoes, like on a burger. (laughs) (laughs) And they always have burger patties too. Whatever the regular meat is is plus the burger patties. yeah two wagyu burger patties yeah. like it's it's yeah, it's almost too much that's wild <laughs> uh 
Anyway, this beer is freaking delicious. This is good, um, right? Yeah, I like this a lot. I mean, I've had Ghost in the Machine before, for mm-hmm. sure. I know that you said I haven't checked it in, but that's probably my fault and not <clears throat> Ghost in the Machine's fault. Right. right? <laughs> blame um, Parrish. Right. I'm going to blame Parrish for not being in the forefront of my uh, untapped checking. <laughs> <laughs> Although, everything I've had from them has been phenomenal. So, oh, yeah. Like, there, there's a couple of different variants of this specifically, right? Right, and, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get distributed, really. No, I know they ship to some states now. You can get their beer shipped to Ohio. Everything, actually. You could, we could have gotten DDH Ghost shipped if you had someone, like an address in Ohio, but not PA. Mm. But it's actually, as far as actual district, like in stores, I don't think it's outside Louisiana. Yeah. But down there, it's like everywhere. So I'm sort of familiar with them. My sister lives in Baton Rouge, okay. which is about an hour from where Parrish is. It's like near like Lafayette. So my Christmas gift usually is... A couple beers from Parrish, usually Ghost in the Machine, and then a couple other assorted Louisiana beers, which is always cool. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one, the DDH, they only do, I think, twice a year. Oh, okay. And she refuses to drive an hour to the brewery to pick up beer for me. She says that's excessive. So <laughs> uh, I actually got a four-pack of this via a trade online. So, nice. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big trader myself. I would if anybody wants to offer, but uh, I've never really had the opportunity to get into it to the point where it's like hype stuff yeah you know like I'll, I'll get like um like trades or like you know friends or oh i'm here i'm there you know whatever yeah and then my brother jake doesn't send me anything and he was at alvarado street like over the weekend oh really <laughs> alvarado street's great yeah um the uh yeah so he lives in like san jose so he's he's got access to most of the like bigger names out there like yeah. russian rivers and grocery stores out oh there. really like interesting walk in and pick up a pliny like huh. <laughs> <laughs> must be nice right yeah so but i uh, like uh i've told this story on the podcast before he got uh the double dry hopped um pliny the elder uh-huh when it was uh pliny for president okay. back in 2020 i think and he got like four four packs of it and I think that was like the max you could buy. Uh-huh. And he drank like all of it in a weekend. <laughs> didn't send me one. I bet he didn't can. feel very good. <laughs> That's a lot of really hoppy IPA. It is. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, well, it was like, so I guess he had like a couple of buddies. That oh, were okay. So, so he didn't it wasn't just, of yeah, it wasn't just him slamming beers. <laughs> no um, judgment. No judgment. Right. But like that, that type of stuff I don't get into. So I understand. Like gotcha. I, I've sent him some coven beers and stuff like that. And uh-huh. I've never gotten anything back. <laughs> so if you listen to this, Jake, uh, I'm expecting that package. Yeah, you owe him one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so the whole reason for the episode, right? It's, it's 182. Uh, I'm going to see Blank next week. Uh, pretty fucking stoked about it. <laughs> yeah, I am I am hoping to get there as well. Uh, got online when they first went on sale. I was sort of balked that like nosebleed tickets for like over $100 with fees. It's like I've seen them before. Yeah. They're pretty good. I actually, I've never seen them with Tom DeLong. I saw them when Matt Skibo toured with them. Oh, okay. Uh, it was right after California came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. They were not the best band on the bill that night. Uh, All Time Low and Data Remember both opened for them, and Data Remember was ridiculously good. Oh, wow. Like, they brought so much more energy. And I mean, they're obviously all much younger than right. Mark and Travis and Matt Skibo are, but uh, <laughs> it was sort of like night and day. Like, And the crowd, I think, reflected that. Like, the crowd was still pretty hyped for, for Blank, but like, it was a lot more headbanging. It was a lot more people jumping around, like getting really into it for uh, ADTR. But. Yeah, and I mean, like this this year to me screams the like resurgence of the emo scene. Yeah, right? like uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, I saw Coheed. 
uh-huh. uh, when they were touring for No World for Tomorrow. So they played the album front to back. Oh, that's cool. And I've seen them probably 10 times now. Uh-huh. And like, it's, I mean, you know, I, I've got the <laughs> logo on my arm, but they're, they're one of my favorite bands live because they bring so much energy, even though it is like technical music and they're like really focused on yeah. like putting on a good show. Claudio forgot the words to a couple of songs. Like it was, it was just like second show of the tour. So I'm like, yeah, you're, you know, they're still Shaking getting the into rest, it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was a great show. Um, going to see yellow card in oh, July. Nice. Up in Ohio. Okay. They have someone playing with them. Another big name is like an opener. They have, yeah, it's Mayday Parade. Okay. And story of the year. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, so really like cool. story of the year is one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Uh, yellow card's great. I mean, like the, I, I was never as big of a fan of yellow card as everybody else on the bill to be honest, right. but like ocean Avenue is iconic. Right? Oh, like of course. It's, it's one of the best albums from that era. Right. Yeah. So they're doing ocean Avenue front to back for their 20 year anniversary. Right. Um, I just saw on Instagram that this week is also the 20th anniversary of take this to your grave. Really? By Fallout Boy, yeah. Huh. <laughs> so this is uh, like Are they doing anything for that? I they did a merch drop, and I <laughs> guess doesn't do anything for me. No, I mean it was <laughs> play shows. Like yeah, exactly. Like like get on tour, play the play the album front to back. Don't like, play the new stuff. No, <laughs> <laughs> anything after '09 you can just forget about. Right. Yeah. If it's off of Thanks for the Memories, I only want to hear Thanks for the Memories. Right. Like right. everything. Or else, what's that one called? That's uh, Infinity, uh, Infinity on High. On high. Yeah. Firm of the Court Tree is really good, and obviously Take This to Your Grave is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. I feel like I had multiple copies of that album on CD because I burned through the, like, <laughs> listening to it so much. Uh, so I was cutting the grass today and I put that in my headphones because nice. I was like, you know what? We're going to throw it back. Yeah, so. I was I was doing pop punk all day like in, in the car and then I connect to our Spotify at the store now. So um, I was playing my stuff all day at work. Um, Can't yeah. beat that. Oh, yeah. Bunch of blank, bunch of – do you see Sum 41 just announced that they're breaking up after this year? Like they're doing like a whole tour – I think they said they're going to do a last album and everything too. Yep. I was yeah. never as big on them. Like I like the hits, but I never got like, I never deep dove on them, but that's kind of, you know, interesting to see. I mean, I think that they're doing it the right way by at least mm. saying, Hey, you know, we're done. Like, yeah. uh, there's a lot of like bands that just go away. Yeah. Like my chemical romance, right? Like they would, ju- they just like faded away and now they're back. Right. Like, so it's, Good to see them like officially being like, yeah, you know, we're done with this part of our lives. Yeah, like, sure. I was a pretty big Sum fan for the first two albums, um, and then it kind of fell off for me too. But uh-huh. like the, I always like their um, the joke band that they that they do the metal band. Uh-huh. I forget what the name of it is now, but like that was some of the best like metal music that wasn't a metal band right. out there, right? Like, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, eh. That's that's all right. Like yeah, like, I mean, I'm probably not. I'm, I'll listen to the album, but I'm probably not going to go see him. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like at like stage A or something. It's like oh, like it's, I live ten minutes from there. Like I've yeah. nothing going on on a Thursday. I'll go to the Sum Forty One. Right. Concert. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not all right with dropping like thirty bucks on it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Now, I remember vividly because like the first time that Sarah and I went to a concert together was in 2005. No, I'm sorry, 2003, and it was. Yellow card opening for story of the year. Oh, wow. And so I like the tickets were like 15 bucks. And was it Laga? <laughs> yeah. It was like this tiny hole in the wall. Uh, Laga was probably before your time. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> Those things this, are. Yeah, that, that venue was so tiny. Really? And seeing these two, like now looking back at it, it's like, I didn't know what we had, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, it was just a, it was just a wild experience to like 
because we were both going to the show. We knew each other at the time. We were like, not like we went together, but like we met each other there and that uh-huh. kind of thing. And so we're going to see the same two bands 20 years later. Yeah, like, right. But flipped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's pretty well. Well, Yellow Card actually broke up for a couple of years there as well. They were, they played the last Warp Tour was like their final tour. When was, that was 2015? 16. I think I was in college, so it would have been 16 maybe. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I remember that that was their, like, that was it. And then I think like last year they, they like came back and now like they're doing like the whole tour for Ocean, uh, Ocean Avenue and everything. Yeah, they're playing at that four chord festival in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Wash Pop, but essentially Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I um, if it wasn't another hundred dollars for tickets, <laughs> I would have probably gone to that too. Yeah. Um, but then of course, uh, I posted about it on my Instagram saying, "Oh, I got you know we got tickets. We're going to see them." Yeah. In Ohio. And Kevin from Prototype messaged me later, and he's like, "Oh, they're coming to Hershey. You gonna come out for it?" And I was like, "Damn it! <laughs> like, I would have much rather gone to Hershey and hung out with my friends." Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, but like, you're not gonna to, do both. Yeah, nobody like, wants to go to Cleveland. Right. Come on. <laughs> like, they're, they're not like the dead. You're not following Yellow Card. It should be the exact same. Set. It's literally the same set. The whole tour. Like, <laughs> I don't I need to see it the once. Right. Know? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'll be there. Uh, my my buddy PJ's going with us, and yeah, it's gonna be like we bought. Uh, seats actually at this venue. I guess there's like a pit area. Okay. And it was like, I mean, it was probably another hundred bucks a ticket to get into the pit. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm good with a hundred to see them because it's a great lineup. Yeah. And I want to see everybody on the bill. Um, I can't justify $200 to do that though. No, to be a little bit closer. Yeah. Be like way more claustrophobic. Like get like sweated on and puked on. Like, I'm almost forty. Yeah, so like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not worth it. There's I feel like there's fairly few times that the pit is worth it unless it's like similar in price. You know, right? Yeah, and that, like, we went to Coheed. It was general admission everywhere. Yeah. So it was at stage A. And so I got into the pit, and Sarah goes right up front. And she's like three rows off. Yeah. the the barricade, and I'm like, you know what? I'm cool holding on to my vinyls for deal for dear life and yeah. not like getting smashed around. <laughs> And she was like, it was the tamest pit I've ever been in because really? it's all people our age. Because nobody's listening to Coheed as like a young fan. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people do, but like at the same time, it's like they're not really like a mosh band. Uh-huh. Especially that album is a little bit like not as heavy at parts. Uh-huh. So it was a like kind of a chill crowd, but they were having the time of their lives. And and that made me like just excited about yeah, it. Yeah, so. that's what you want to see. You want to see the band enjoying it. You don't want to see them up there phoning it in, just trying to collect a paycheck. Right, you know? yeah. And that was like, um, was it last year? I won tickets from Grist House to see the Get Up Kids uh-huh. playing Four Minute Mile okay. uh, front to back. That, that one's probably before your time because that came yeah. out like the year you were born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which makes me feel like I'm 150 <laughs> years old, by the way. There's going to be a lot of that today, yeah, talking I, about like, I can't, but pop like, punk from the 90s. And I mean, it wasn't even like my favorite album. It was just that I won the tickets. Yeah. Like, but they were having a blast with it, and the dude sounded great. So like, it made the show worth going to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's small, so you have a couple of beers, and then you roll down to Strange Roots and get yourself a burger. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. So it was a good time, though. That's um, cool. Trying to think of... What other albums came out in 2003? Oh, was that was that brand new second album? Was that 03? Deja? Deja might have been 03. I think, yeah, because um, your favorite weapon was oh, 2001. Yeah. yeah, so it would have been two years later. Yeah. Take the, uh, Tell All Your Friends from Taking Back Sunday, mm-hmm. I think it was 2003 as well. 
Uh, Blink's Untitled, I think, was was it oh three or was it oh four? Uh, oh, it might have been actually 05. Yeah, I think it was 05. Because they broke up shortly afterward. Yeah, because it was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Was, that was 01. Uh, was it 01? It was 01. Because there was, a, have you ever seen the video of the commercial that they shot for that that got banned because it was supposed to air originally on 9 11? Oh my God. And it had nothing to do with like well, yeah. terrorist attacks or anything, but it was just like really, really like raunchy and like Travis gets like a prostate exam. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, so they just they they scrapped it, but it, it's on YouTube and it's it's very funny. But that's the only reason I know for sure that that album was one. Okay, so yeah, because Enemy of the State was ninety nine, right? Which meant, oh god, they they've been around since like ninety four. Yeah, like very early nineties. I was listening to like Buddha and Cheshire Cat on the way here, actually. Okay, um, yeah, and those were yeah those those albums came out before I was born. <laughs> yeah, and then Dude Ranch was ninety seven, ninety eight, maybe something like that. Because Damn It was huge, right? That was like the first when I was in middle school. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> which again, I'm 150 years old. <laughs> every, like every minute that I'm sitting here talking to you about this, yeah. I'm feeling older. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like people listening to this, they're like, like, what's he talking about? Like, he knows like when these albums came out, like he, like he doesn't remember this from like, see, you know, Oh, I remember buying that album when it came out. Like, right. No, I was, I was four. <laughs> like, just like, I know it from like reading the Wikipedia article. Right. I will tell you, I know exactly where I got my copy of Enema of the State from though. Really? It was Columbia house. Huh. Do you remember Columbia? No, I do not. Okay. (laughs) So you used to get like these mailers, these things that they would send you in the mail. And it would be like 10 CDs for a penny. And I was like, I like CDs. Yeah. Let me sign up for this. And it was like one of those, like you, you sign up for the club and then you have to buy so many a month after that. And like, nobody ever told us kids about that. And we were signing up. Like you had to be 18 and we were just signing up and like mailing in our penny (laughs) to get these CDs. And once they had your address, they just kept sending you the bill every month. (laughs) And like, because I wasn't 18, there was no like credit involved or anything like that. No recourse at all. They're just like, maybe someone will pay us eventually. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not a great business plan. No wonder they're not around anymore. (laughs) But yeah, it was like first CD is a penny and then you get 10 free. Okay. So it was 11 CDs that you got in this first box. And uh, mine was like, um, Eminem, his first album, uh, yeah, Slim Shady LP, Shady LP nice. uh, Enema of the State. Um, it, it definitely was like Sublime's 40 Ounces to Freedom or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and like just a bunch of other like garbage, you oh know. My God. And that that lineup has frosted tips. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the most that's 90s the, thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but like that's what we did to get music. Yeah, get, sure. Like, because I mean, we would roll up to like, what was it? Fye in the mall all the time, uh-huh. and just like sit there and listen to music. Yeah, you know, I didn't buy anything because I was broke as shit. <laughs> but like going to the mall and hanging out there for a couple hours, you're just on the headsets in the. Store. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Do you remember what was the very first album you ever bought? Uh, I remember. Okay, so it, I didn't buy it. Okay, but I did get it for Christmas. Okay, uh, it was Third Eye Blinds. Uh, the red one. Oh, okay. And, and, I don't know I, what it's called. It's the one that had all the hits on it. Yeah. Like the, uh, the one that everyone likes. Yeah, Semi-Charm yeah. Kind of Life, like the whole, like... Jumper, all yeah, that. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, that was the first CD I ever owned. Okay. Um, I probably had like cassettes or something before that sure. too. But uh, again, showing my age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the album? You know, just like, yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, God, my well, that was- one I remember vividly because that album, I don't care 
how old I get. That album still fucking rocks. Absolutely, absolutely. I I love Semi uh, Third Eye Blind. I was gonna say I love I love Semi Charmed Life too. But well, yeah, the whole the whole band. Yeah, very cool. Mine was not nearly that cool. I was probably seven or eight. Okay. And I got songs about Jane, Maroon 5's first <laughs> album. That's a that's a bit risky for an eight year old. Yeah, it was it was a lot hornier than I think my parents realized. Yes, like, yeah, that <laughs> a lot hornier. Yeah, it was a, it was an aggressively horny album. That's uh, you want? Oh uh, yeah, we'll split it. it no, like, I mean, there's yeah, um, a little bit more. So yeah, that uh, that's funny to me though, because like. I mean, you know my birthday is April Fool's Day, right? I did not know that. Okay, no. well, my birthday is April Fool's Day. Happy belated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, growing up, I used to get all sorts of fucking weird shit for my birthday. Like, people would buy me, like, you know, pink, like, trapper keepers. And, yeah. Like, silly, like, I got a bunch of phone books one year. I mean, I got, like, gift cards. Yeah. Like, I mean, and nobody was really an asshole about it. But I got... Um, <laughs> That was the dog. <laughs> he was sighing. <laughs> She's over there. Oh, She's had a long day. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, uh, I got Britney Spears' Baby One More Time as a gift the one year. And, I, and my uncle thought it was hilarious. Like He was like, oh, this is, this is too good. Like He's never going to listen to this. Low-key some bangers on that. I, I put it on immediately. I was like... <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. I'm playing this right now at full volume just so you have to deal with it. You have it. to listen like, to it, right. So, yeah, I definitely had a copy of that. Um, I, I mean, I've gotten women's underwear. I've gotten, like, you know, all kinds of silliness. That's awesome. Um, did I wear it? Yep. Of course. Um, did I show it off to my friends because they bought it for me? Hell yes. Of course. Um, yeah, there's nothing weird about that at all. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that, like... So I'd say that's really where I got my like love of the music at the time. Uh-huh. It was like it was Green Day, like Dookie was on there for sure, Nimrod. Um the like the early emo stuff really started with me with those albums. Like yeah. it, was, it was Green Day, it was Blink One Eighty Two, and then I found brand new. Like uh-huh. after like I never really got into brand new until much later though, like in college. Okay. And like listening to, well, Taking Back Sunday was like one of my like first like the true emo bands. But there were a lot of people in high school that were like playing Dashboard Confessional on guitar at parties and stuff, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Oh god! So yeah, that mm-hmm, yeah, no, it absolutely was that way. Uh, but yeah, that's the like that was the starting point was Columbia House and getting like those. 10 albums or whatever it was. And there was also like BMG music or something like they were all the same thing. Yeah. And so like you just signed up for all of them and never paid a dollar. Right. Of course. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah. Those, those companies quickly went under in the early two thousands. So makes a lot of sense. Not a great business model. (laughs) No, (laughs) but it was cool to, to get those. And I'm pretty sure there's a box in the room behind you that I have that has all of my CDs. Really? Like pristine shape. (laughs) Um, they are worth nothing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's no value at no, all. No, not at all. <laughs> CDs are just not the thing anymore. No, and that's something like, it's not like the audio quality is there, like like vinyl has, for that to come back around and become popular again. I don't right. see any circumstance where CDs become like a popular medium again. The only thing that I can say about that, and this is from my music background, um, the quality is so much better than an MP3. Or a really? streaming service, right? Huh. Like you, uh, like I've 
absolutely gotten multiple copies of Page Avenue by Story of the Year, right? Uh-huh. And it's my favorite produced album of all time. It sounds amazing. The drummer is left-handed, so the drums spin the wrong way if you're listening to it in headphones. Okay. So, like, uh, typically when you're mixing a drum set, right, you're playing based on where the drummer's sitting, looking out at the band, uh-huh. right? So if the if it's a right-handed drummer, snare drum is on your left, uh, the tom is on your right, yeah. right? And so when they hit a roll, it spans the the audio spectrum and you can hear it go from left to right the page avenue is right to left Hmm. and so it's it's a weird thing that only like really like into it music nerds would pick up on probably but it was one of those things like it came out just before i got into college and it was like what i aimed to make my music sound like huh just based on the the quality of the sound, the guitars were perfectly mixed. You could hear every note. You can tell the difference between the two guitar players. The vocals are incredible, even though they're auto-tuned. And it's, <laughs> it was early on in auto-tune, so it wasn't like they were changing the sound of the guy's voice. They right. were just making it perfect. Pitch correcting it, yeah. And it was, like, it's still one of my favorite albums to listen to at full volume on, like, the most clear medium that you can find. Uh-huh. But... CDs are still compressed audio, uh-huh. whereas vinyl is not. Right. Right. Vinyl is a true representation of the sound to the point where it pisses off my dog when I listen to vinyl. <laughs> like, uh, so that's the like that's the music nerd in me coming out. But the the yeah, Page Avenue is a perfect album, and I'll never hear another word about it. Um, I don't have it on vinyl, which is driving me nuts. Really? So, is yeah, it hard to find on vinyl? I I've been looking. Yeah. And I like. I haven't gone to the record stores around here because I literally just got into vinyl like three weeks ago. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the ones that I'm seeing online are like 150 bucks, 200 oh, bucks, and they're opened. And yeah. Like, I'm like, that's not what I want. I'm yeah. just going to wait until they're on tour. I'm going to go buy it from their merch stand. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Hopefully sure. they bring it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's my new obsession is vinyl. So Interesting. Have you ever been to, I guess you, if you just started getting into it, you probably haven't. Uh, my hometown, Johnstown, is home to the oldest record store in the US, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, George's Song Shop. It's been continuously operating for something like almost 100 years. Damn. I know. <laughs> That's um, crazy. Yeah, it's like this very unassuming little building, like downtown. You could say Johnstown's downtown. It's very yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's the like village one, of Johnstown. It's like one yeah. street. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's a cool little spot. Like I've gone in there a couple times just to sort of putz around. I don't I don't even have a record player or anything. I bought I bought gifts there and stuff for my friends that do. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool spot to check out. So if yeah. you ever you ever find yourself an hour and a half east of here, check uh, it out. <laughs> you know that may happen more frequently than I would like to admit. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I um yeah, we, like a buddy of mine's like real into it, and he was telling us about like Jerry's over in Shady Side, uh-huh. and uh, there's one down on North Shore, and I cannot think of, or not not Shore North Side, but I can't okay. think of the name of it. Huh. Um, and then, I mean, there's always like the, the exchange on McKnight and stuff right. like that. So I'm definitely going to get out to these places, but like Sarah bought her first vinyl this week uh-huh. and then she left and it got <laughs> delivered on Monday and I'm sitting there going, I'm going to play it. <laughs> um, I was, did open it. Uh, it's uh dark tranquility's fiction. Okay. So it's a metal album. Interesting. Um, yeah, my first was, well, technically I bought both, but it was uh no world for tomorrow and the new, um, Coheed album. Nice. So. Very cool. The uh, I did pre-order 
Coheed's first album, Second Stage Turbine Blade. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's not coming in until September. So, because gotcha. <laughs> they're doing a, like, they did a 48 hour pre order for it uh-huh. because so many people wanted it. And so I got the the limited edition, like, green and white, or green, white, and yellow, like, speckle disc and all that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, like, a really cool aspect of vinyl as well, is, like, how cool they can make, like, the colors and, like, how, like, they, it's art, you know? Like, it looks way cooler than just a CD with, like, a really cut off version of the album cover on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like, um, I got the, the most recent album, Vaxxus 2, and... I don't have a picture of it, but I do have a picture of No World for Tomorrow in this. It's like the gray with like the black. Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's kind of a cool like speckle look to it. Yeah. I mean, it's spinning in that picture, so I can't really see it. But yeah, um, yeah. Once we wrap up here, I'll show you. Sweet. It's uh, definitely something that I'm going to spend a lot of money on, yeah. and I'm not going to feel remorse about it at all. No, absolutely. Like, that's a cool hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad has a bunch. Like I know that um, I've seen them. And I've, I've looked through them before and, like, never had a record player. So I was like, well, so what? Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I need that original pressing of London Calling by The Clash. I need that original, like, well, I don't know if it's original, but I know he has a uh, Zeppelin three oh, vinyl. Cool. Um, like, just a Master of Puppets. Like, uh-huh. all the all the classics, like Black, uh, like Black Sabbath and all yeah. that. Like. So I'm like, yeah, dad, whatever. Uh, if you're looking to get rid of that stuff, just let me know. I'll yeah. It. Pass it on. Yeah. So. <laughs> Next April 1st. You exactly. Know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's a weird hobby to get into now, but I think that it's one of those things that like the more that I play around with it, the more like crazy stuff gets, the the more fun it is for sure. So that's seeing all these bands with their like limited release merch and stuff like that. Fallout Boy said in their post, what, yesterday, I think it was, um, there's uh, news of the vinyl coming soon. And I was like, <laughs> notifications <that>. on, yeah. <laughs> notifications on. Every time Fallout Boy posts on Instagram, I'm getting a notification. Right. Like, <laughs> you get a bunch of stuff you don't care about. <laughs> exactly. In the hopes that you, you catch the, uh, take this to your grave. Right. Like, that album is so good, dude. They, um, they did put out like a joke video a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. uh, called The Crinal. Okay. And it's basically their tears. Huh. <laughs> like <Thank> they collected, <laughs> like it's a funny video. Like it's supposed to be funny. Right? Yeah, sure. And so like it shows them like crying and they're collecting the tears and they're putting it into a vinyl and the vinyl actually has liquid in it. <laughs> like, so they actually press this thing with liquid in between. Oh, that's funny. And like, I, it looks pretty fucking cool, yeah. but I guess like it's sold out in like 13 seconds. Or something <laughs> of like course. That, so. There are a band that doesn't get like as much, like everyone knows blank is like the band with like good music, but also like they're very goofy, like very like, you know, play a lot of practical jokes and everything. Like they're very like loose on stage. Yeah. You know, like Fall Out Boy never gets that reputation as like a goofy band. You know, right. like they don't do dick jokes like like Blank does. But I mean, they like, I th- and at least Pete Wentz seems to be like a really funny dude. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like Pete because I think he's cocky. Yeah, probably but, <laughs> a little. <laughs> uh, I remember I saw them on the Nintendo Fusion tour with Panic at the Disco when they first came out like huh. it was literally like 2005 and it was at the Palumbo center and like um brandon yuri was like walking through the crowd yeah and just like talking to people and like i got to meet him like real quick but he, he's this little scrawny dude yeah like, sure uh but fallout boy was a lot of fun to watch oh, i bet and i mean it was 2005 so it was like the peak of 
their like pop punk career. Yeah. And like not dance, dance. Like, yeah, yeah it wasn't their really anthem down. rock. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. did for the next six albums. Right. It's <laughs> like just trying to make hits. Right. Yeah, they're trying to make good music back then. I think it was right after, uh, infinity on high came out. Oh, okay. Cause I think infinity on high was 06, maybe probably somewhere around there. 06 or 07. Yeah. Maybe it was before that. It might've yeah. been right after from under the court tree. Okay. And, but I mean, they, they put on an, they put on a hell of a show Yeah, and it was a blast and panic at the disco was fucking sick too. Oh, I'm like, sure. I mean, they opened and fall up, like closed the show and yeah. it was like those two and somebody else that I like really wanted to see. And I was like, okay, well, follow up boys there. That's fine. I'll see them. Yeah. Sure. And, and panic at the disco. I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and then I heard them and I was like, this is the best this, album this of all awesome. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's sick. Yeah, so I got actually got to preface what I what I or not preface the other word the postface the yeah. what I said about Pete Wentz seeming like a pretty funny interesting guy he's also a terrible actor I don't know if you ever seen One Tree Hill I have not <laughs> no I've heard about this though <laughs> are, I, I've yeah. heard about this so there's like a four episode arc where Peyton who is uh, Lucas Chad Michael Murray's on again off again girlfriend uh, <laughs> she starts dating Pete Wentz. She, and again, this show, she's supposed to be 17. Pete Wentz is like, this is like after Front of the Court Tree came out. So he's probably in his late 20s. Yeah. And they don't, they don't touch on that at all. That's not weird. It's not supposed to be weird at all. But he comes out, like he makes an appearance in like two episodes. And his delivery of his lines is so wooden and so terrible. <laughs> like, maybe in the last 20 years, he's gotten better at That's acting. That's amazing, but, though. Yeah. Um, I forget what I watched. Like they, they put out a video for, I think their new track, maybe. And it was like a lead in, like a teaser about it. Uh huh. And it was like, it, it, same thing. Like, he's still just a bad actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, I, I think that they're funny. Like, I think that they actually are. And there were like three bands at the time that were really doing like the raunchy lyrics and uh-huh. like, we're doing, like, I mean, like being overly crass, but like in a funny way. Yeah. Like, uh, I always go back to like, tell that Mick he just made my list of things to do today where yeah. it's like, I, I wouldn't piss to put you out. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like there was a lot of parallels between fallout boy, say anything and blink 182 mm-hmm. being like this, like funny, but like also really gross or like really just like out there lyrically. Yeah. And Bemis took it like way too far with say anything. Yeah. He just, um, he takes himself very seriously. I feel like yeah. in his mind, it's not a joke. Like he's saying all these outlandish things. Yeah. I think <laughs> he definitely has a God complex. Like he's, he's one of those types. I do love their music. I'm actually seeing them at red rocks in August. No shit. Yeah. They're opening for the front bottoms. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've seen, uh, say anything a couple of times and Max is very, uh, I think that I, I hate to say it this way because I know he has a lot of like mental issues mental and stuff, illness, but, yeah. but he is very self-centered, but not like it, it's self-deprecating. Yeah. And that's it. Like th- that's his only mode of operation. Yeah. And so like you see him live and he's either like, like I saw him twice, I think maybe three times. Um, but like the first time he was absolutely blasted, just really? wasted. Um, the second time he was clean for like six months or something like that. So it was like super boring. <laughs> Which, <laughs> so he's better when he's, when he's messed up. Well, I mean the, the, it was not a great show. Yeah. Let me put it that way. It was great to see them. Sure. But 
he also had, I mean, he had a ton of problems. Yeah, I mean, of course. what it comes down to. Like, like let's, let's, you know, normalize talking about mental health. Absolutely. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it was, it was bad to see him be as bad as he was. And then like when he was sober and, you know, like trying to work on himself, uh-huh. it was weird. Like it just didn't seem to feel off. like it was good, you yeah. know, like, but I mean, the, like what I took away from the show, I mean, it's, it's, I still love say anything. Sure, like, it's sure. just like one of my, one of my go-tos and he does all the weird, like the two tongues and all that. Yeah. And so there's a lot of music that Max has been a part of. And uh-huh. I, that's what I like about it, you know? Um, but Again, I think he just takes it way too seriously. I think Fallout Boy was trying to, and then they were like, "We can't make any money doing this anymore. Let's go do something else." Yeah. And then Blink One Eighty Two was like, "Fuck you, we're Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, we're gonna do this forever, <laughs> exactly. and you'll keep buying tickets. <laughs> you'll keep buying albums." I'll say the first, <clears throat> the first time I saw Blink was at Rolling Rock Town Fair Four. Okay. At Heinz Field. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was like the first outdoor, con- like the first concert they did at Heinz Field, and the place was wrecked afterward. Like really? it was, the ground was destroyed. <laughs> and I think it was during football season. Cause I want to say it was like September, October. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we can't have the game here this Sunday. Really? Because it was that bad. <laughs> Jesus. What year was that? Um, town fair four would have been 2005. Okay. And it was them. Some 41. Um, Back when he was dating Avril Lavigne. Oh, okay. Uh, so like, <laughs> before the guy from Nickelback got in there, yeah. stole her away. <laughs> um, oh, so weird. There's, I know, bizarre, so right? Friends. Those Canadians stick together. <laughs> they do, they do. Um, but yeah, there's like, it was it was a weird lineup, and I want to say it was like there was a rapper on that one, and like it was just not the vibe. Yeah, at the day, like that day, it was just like everybody was just like standing around, like what the. F- is, going is he on? done? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, like some 41 had a, put on a great show and then blink killed it. Yeah. Like they absolutely just had like the set of the night and they were the headliner. Nice. Um, but like the thing is they, they didn't know really how to have a concert at Heinz field at the yeah. time. Like they just didn't figure it out yet. Uh-huh. Cause it had only been open for like three or four years at that point. Right. And so they had like all these, it was basically like, uh, you know, the gym floors, like the, the, what are they like the plastic like pads oh, okay. yeah. and they put those down all over the field so that people could stand like, like have a hard surface to stand on yeah. instead of just standing in the grass. Yeah. And it just ripped the field to shreds. Huh. Like it was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all like mud was coming up from underneath cause oh, it was geez. like rainy that week and it was, oh, it was, it was just a mess. Bad. Yeah. That's brutal. So, they figured it out sometime in the interim that I was actually saw a show at Heinz field. Now it's Acrisure Stadium. I don't want to dead name them. Right. Um, that was two weeks ago with Luke Combs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really not interested at all, but the day of... Uh, actually, that's why we were going to do this that day. Yes. But yeah. um, my, my roommate, his brother, bailed last minute, so he was like, hey, you, you and our other roommate, do you guys want to come? Like, I like live music. Sure, why not? And it was, it was entertaining. There was, I mean... Heinz Acrisure Stadium is a shit show for those country concerts. Oh yeah, like I know, like the the police, they're like the days of the year that they dread. Oh yeah, yeah, because absolutely, there is just mountains of trash in the lots. Everyone is 
piss drunk. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's throwing up on themselves. Like I saw more people passed out, like in like the corridors, like by like the concessions, like in the stadium <laughs> than I've ever seen anywhere else. It was crazy. I, on the way out, I saw a guy punch a cop and then get tackled by five other undercover cops and get the shit kicked out of him. I mean, he deserved it. Obviously, yeah, that's that's what happens. <laughs> Don't punch a cop. <laughs> Life advice by Tyler. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can take that one to the bank. You know, put that on a T-shirt. But no, it was it was an experience. But Luke Combs was really good live. I thought it, he sounded good. I knew like three songs, but the ones I didn't know were still pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was. I would I probably wouldn't go see him specifically again, but I would go to another country concert. I uh, yeah, I have no interest in country music. I'll be yeah. honest. Um, I mean, I'll I, like. I hate to be this guy and say like, Oh, I'll listen to Johnny cash and like mm. old stuff, like Hank Williams and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I won't listen to like modern country at all. Really? Um, I think Kenny Chesney is pretty good. I feel like he, his is more main, like mainstream enough. That it's not like big truck, put a dip in. Like it's more just like having a good time. Like yeah. it's all about good vibes, which I think transcends genre. Oh, it's got sure. a country twang to it, you know, but like, I feel like his is more just like the kind of music you could see yourself drinking a beer outside to. Whereas yeah. like, yeah, like Luke Combs is more like country country. And I'm not going to like tell you to turn it off if you're listening sure. to it. Like it, that's the other thing is like, if you're, if you're into that stuff, I'm fine with it being on in the background yeah. while we're drinking a beer or whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I'm never going to turn it on myself. <laughs> like I'll listen to Garth Brooks every once in a while. Yeah. And that's just for friends in low places. That's a great song. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> Uh, but there's, yeah, there's very few instances of me like wanting to hear country music. Yeah. I feel that. Um, so I don't think that I would ever be caught dead at a show like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one thing they haven't figured out at Accra shore yet in the past 20 years of doing shows there is trying to get people in and out of the North shore in a timely or oh like my God, regulated so manner. Bad. It is horrible. Like we took the T in, which was fine. Cause we got, we got to the North shore at like four o'clock for like a, I think Luke, Luke Combs came on at nine 30. Yeah. So like, and then maybe I was doing like five openers or whatever, but we got down there <laughs> early enough that like, it was not a huge deal. We just hopped on the T in South side and we're there in 10 minutes. Yeah. But getting out, we couldn't get any way out of the North shore until like past one in the morning. We yeah. spent like several hours at the casino. Just like, I mean, sure. Twist my arm. I'll go gamble. You right, know, yeah. but <laughs> But we just like we wanted to go home. We were tired, but like the tea was so jammed. It looked like 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 the the monorail trains like in Japan where they just cram everybody. Oh yeah, in you're just there. shoving everybody. Yeah, in. Yeah, it looked like that, and we were in the back, <laughs> and we we're like, we're not going to make it onto this. No, um, Ubers buddy, were like a hundred dollars. Yeah, like, my was, buddy went down. Like he just went down to North Shore to party that night. Like, oh really? He was just like, yeah, I'm going out. I'm single. Like uh, there's a bunch of country girls down here. Yeah, I'm of course. See what happens? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was like, he lives on Mount Washington. And he was like, I walked home. Oh, my God. I'm like, you you what? He's like, yeah, I walked home from the North Shore because I couldn't get home. <laughs> we talked about crossing the bridge and going over to Market Square and ordering an Uber there because we thought one traffic might have been less horrendous and we probably would have had a more likely chance of getting an Uber. Yeah. Because even when we ordered the $7,500 Uber, we finally said, fuck it, we'll just do it. We couldn't get anyone to confirm our ride because no one wanted to come down there. Like you, yeah, you can like, see where it's picking, picking up. You oh know? yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm still trying to figure out our game plan. So next month, uh, I bought my sister tickets for her birthday slash Christmas for Taylor Swift. Oh my god! I say it's like, oh, it's her gift, but I'm a huge Swiftie, so I'm I'm really really excited about it too. That's okay. I, I I'm not going to judge that at all. She is awesome. <laughs> 
she's a super mega star. Like, yeah. that's, like that's what it is. At this she's point. a crazy performer too, dude. She, yeah. You see like, um, she did three nights in Nashville last weekend and Sunday it poured down rain. They couldn't start her, her set until like, it's like 11 o'clock and she played till like two in the morning. So she, yeah. everyone got like their, yeah, their I heard money's it's like worth. A, I heard it's like a three hour show. Yeah. Like non-stop. And it's like just no, her. No breaks. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's openers and stuff too, obviously. Well, yeah. But that's like, what her I'm saying. Set but like, her is, set is three hours yeah. long. That's bonkers for a musician. I mean, she or, had a crazy amount of hits. And it's like, this is like the era's tour. So it's like all of her albums. Right. She's trying to sort of reclaim her music from that asshole Scooter Braun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a ridiculous story too. It is that, ridiculous. That absolutely is like the, the foulest thing thing i've heard of the music industry in a long time like, correct just how bad that is yeah and i'm very i think it's very cool the way that she's handled it like set her piece against him and scott whatever his name is the guy that owned big machine records or whatever it's called yeah um and she's doing this like, giant corporate slow <laughs> records yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> just the the evil empire essentially yeah exactly. uh, and she's just recording all of her re-recording all of her albums because she wrote them all and once she records them, if they use her new version of them, they they get no money, and she gets all the money, right, <laughs> which is yeah. sick. That's uh, I mean, that's the best slap in the face. Like, it reminds me of like the Michael Jackson stuff, yeah, with like his music being owned by shit. Who was it? Now I can't remember. Anyway, uh, he bought Paul McCartney's uh, like discography or whatever, like the rights to all his music. Right? Yeah, that, but. There was also there was also something about his music. Okay, where like it's it, like it was, after he died. Yeah, like okay. somebody else was trying to buy it or something. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I feel like that maybe I'm mixing up stories, but a lot of people are starting to like do that. Like older acts are like, I mean, I, well, how much long do I have to enjoy like this? Like I'm not going to license much more music in my lifetime anyway. Like Bruce Springsteen recently sold his catalog for like. Don't quote me. I think it was like half a billion dollars or something. <laughs> like just a crazy amount well, of money. He's like, I'm in my seventies. I'm not going to make that much more on it. Like in my lifetime anyway, I might as well sell it to someone and just cash in and buy another jet. Right. Know? And I mean, but the thing about that is at some point after that person that made this music, after they die, it becomes fair use. Right. It's what, like 99 years or something like that? I think that? it's 75. Oh, okay. I, I want to say it's 75. I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure on that. I'm not a copyright lawyer, so <laughs> don't quote me on that. <laughs> But I have taken a couple of classes on copyright and the, uh, the, but like the fair use stuff is a very real thing now because like popular music has been around now. And I mean, like I, I say popular meaning like pop music yeah, for 150 years, right? let's say, right? Like artists are being recognized, you know, like these, all these like blues, like guys and stuff like that. None of that music is going to be marketable. Right. Anymore. Like once it hits fair use, because then anybody can use it. Right. And it doesn't cost you anything. So that's something that uh, like doing it that way and, you know, making sure it's yours is so damn important. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so the figure, what's, what's 75 years ago from 2023? It's like the like 1940s, 48. Yeah. 48. 48. So, so think about it in like 20 years, like some of the Beatles music is going to be like fair use. Well, so technically is there, is there like a, a the way it works is that? it's the, when the artist dies oh. 75 years. Oh, okay. So like Elvis, Interesting. right? Yeah. Elvis is coming up. Right. right. He died in the like late early seventies. Yeah. 70s? I want to say early seventies. Okay. So 75 years from that is like the 2040s. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say in the next 15, 20 years, Elvis's music is fair use. Yeah. Right. Like that's crazy. That is crazy. Damn. But there's uh 
yeah, there's there's something to be said about that. And then, but again, you want to make sure that your like your legacy is still there. Yeah, right? sure. So it's not like you know, it, it doesn't have the same effect as like Led Zeppelin being used in a Mercedes commercial, right? You know? <laughs> like it's it's definitely like cutthroat, but at the same time, like she's that's impressive to me that she's actually fighting this and, yeah. and winning. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, she's a queen. We love her. <laughs> can't hate on it i can't no. ha- i mean i i'm i'm not a swifty i will say that i i'm not but is it catchy is it decent music hell yeah yes 100 <laughs> I, I cannot fight that some of it is obviously just like sort of catchy pop you know bubblegummy sort of stuff like so, especially some of the earlier stuff oh yeah there's not as much substance to it but like some of her later work and actually sort of so, even some of like the earlier work like stuff from like red like there's some really good songwriting in there like she she writes most of this music by herself. Right. And there's there's some really like well written lines in there for sure. And especially like as she sort of evolved as an artist, like her last two albums, Folklore and e- Folklore and Evermore, the two that came out during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had like Bonnie Vare was involved, the guys from the National were involved in like some like the production yeah. and writing and everything. And it's a like much more mature sound and a much more mature writing as well. Yeah. And that's I mean you, the development of the artist is something that I love to see too. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bands that are like that. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot of musicians that are like that, let's say, first. But then you have the other side of the spectrum, right? Where you have these ghostwriters that are like, even um, to go back to like Motown, right? It was one band that wrote all of that music. Right. And a bunch of people just sang it, right? Like, I'm, you're talking like Marvin Gaye with like... Um, Ain't No Mountain, uh-huh. right? Like... One of the most iconic songs ever. Sure. 38 other artists did it, and it was all the same music. Yeah. <laughs> because they had one freaking studio band that wrote all of it. Right. Like, that's sick. Yeah. But at the same time, like, then you have, uh, like, Beyonce, who's never written a line in her life. Right. Uh, like, it's crazy when you look at, like, the Grammys and stuff. And, yeah. like, you have, like, like I actually just, I saw a funny video the other, other day. It was, like, the 1970-something Grammys, and it was... Paul Simon and John Lennon presenting record of the year. And every artist either wrote this, wrote and produced the song themselves or had one or two max songwriters and producers on it. And you look at like Beyonce, like when she gets nominated every single year for record of the year, there's like, they're reading like a laundry list of people that were involved in the production of this one song. And it's, right. it's crazy how different it is that it used to be. Yeah. And I mean, the, the cool thing about that is those people getting recognition. Yeah, of course. One. But the other side of that is, this artist is strictly just the performer. Right. Right. They are, they are the puppet in that case. And I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. Beyonce is a superstar too. Absolutely. And she makes millions of, upon millions of dollars every year and doesn't do anything. Right. Like hardly anything. Right. She tours once every, what, four or five years now? The beehive's going to come for you if you're not careful. Man. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, if you like the music, great. That's yeah. cool. I'm not, I'm, I, Believe me, I was into the the gangster rap growing up. I had all DMX's CDs. I yeah. had the Jay Z catalog, like uh, the whole bit. Like, don't get me wrong, I love all music, hundred percent. It's just so bizarre to have it be not your music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's not yours. Yeah, and that's it's one thing if it's like a beat or something like that. And I've seen more about the production side of things than a lot of people. I'm sure, yeah. And it's very cool to watch. Like, we had, uh, like, when I was at 
the recording workshop in Chillicothe, Ohio, which is literally like America's armpit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this one producer went on to work with Beyonce. Like while I was there, he was teaching and then he went on to work with Beyonce. <laughs> so like watching this guy work, it was like the classes were like an hour and a half long. Right. Yeah. And he was like, all right, we're writing a song today. And he would throw together the beat. He'd throw together the the melody, the har- like uh, the harmonies. And then he got this. Uh, one of the girls in our class was a singer. He goes, "All right, go in the booth. We're gonna we're gonna record the hook. We're gonna record you know your your layered vocals on it." And literally in an hour and a half, he had a full song that sounded like it could have been on the radio today. That's crazy. Like it was nuts. <laughs> yeah. And to watch somebody like that with so much talent work and not get any credit for it. <laughs> That sucks. Yeah. But like, at least they're recognizing that, Hey, these, these pop artists are not the core creator of this stuff. So that's, that's cool to see. But at the end of the day, I don't necessarily put them below other superstars, No, but like you too writes all of their music. Yeah. I don't like you too personally. I'm not a huge fan. I I hate Bono, but Bono seems like a dick. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, like, they're a band. They write their music. Uh, the the Coldplay is another one, yeah. right? Genius fucking musicians. I I think they're terrible. I hate <laughs> I hate Coldplay. <laughs> I I just don't like the. But I mean the dude. Uh, what's his name? Chris Martin. Chris Martin. Yeah. Fantastic musician. Yeah. Right. Writes all his own stuff. That's brilliant. Yeah. And he gets recognized for it. Absolutely. Right? But the yeah, like I said, like the pop stars types thing that. Taylor Swift is like an outlier Without when it comes doubt. to that yeah. because she does write her own stuff. Right. Although I think it's because it's, we're seeing sort of a resurgence of like that singer songwriter type deal. Um, like I, I've, I think I've always said that Taylor Swift is sort of this generation's Carol King. Like, I yes, think, I think she would have been cool just writing the songs. Like Carol King didn't want to be like a, like a, a superstar. She wanted right. to write the song for other people. But she's also a very good singer, and she sang the songs, and people bought the music. Right. So I think that's sort of, I think that's that's sort of similar to what Taylor Swift could have turned out like, but obviously sort of went the other way. But I think we're seeing a lot of people that have been inspired by her in the last five ten years. Like, look at like I'm a big fan of Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Um, yep. And she's she's in a, a, a side band. Actually, she's opening for Taylor Swift right now. She's in a side band called Boy Genius with uh, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker. Okay. Who are the, the three of them all I feel like they get a lot of their vibe from like t- not necessarily vibe from Taylor Swift, but like the singer songwriter aspect, like bearing your soul, playing most of the in- instruments yourself, like doing it sort of DIY. Yeah. I think that is something that you didn't see as much prior to T Swift being, I guess, popular as she is. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot more of that now, which is, which is cool to see. You right. Know? And I mean, there was a lot of, well, I guess basically from the, the time that we're talking about, right. From like, let's say 1999 to 2010, mm-hmm. right. There was a lot, uh, there were a lot of bands. There yeah. were a lot of like the popular music of the time was more driven by like the four piece, five piece band than, the electronic stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the resurgence came back in. Right. And I'm not to say, not to say that I'm forgetting about like rap or, you know, hip hop, R and B, like that type of stuff has always been very hands on. Right. So I don't think that we need to talk about it because there's, 
they were always doing their own things, right? Right. I mean, you I, so you can get into sampling and like stealing hooks and stuff like that. And I mean, Ed Sheeran's going through it right now and stuff. Like, there's a lot of dumb shit that's going on in the industry. But at the end of the day, like rappers, like I mean, we uh, I talked to a buddy of mine about this the other day. Like the the beats and stuff that were coming out in the early two thousands were so good. Like you had, you had like Timbaland, you had mm. Dre, you had like Pharrell was a big Pharrell. Yeah. yeah. Kanye started as a producer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like all this stuff is like made note by note. Right. What was that? I think that was hers. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Again, I had the power go out here. Oh, <laughs> like, the, the, and I'm just hoping that like the walls aren't catching on. Fire right. <laughs> That would be a bummer. <laughs> yeah. But like, but what I mean by that is like, these guys were working to make these things from scratch across the board. Mm. So I don't think that there's this, the same, like, no, I mean, now it's kind of gotten dumbed down and it's all these like, uh, SoundCloud rappers and stuff yeah. like that where everybody can do it, but nobody's good at it <laughs> is what I kind of look at it like. Cause, but they're all getting so famous. Right. And I mean, I <laughs> hate, I hate money. mumble rappers. I, I can't stand like, I mean, I like a good flow that has a message that's angry or, or fast or yeah. whatever it is. Like it catches me, but say something. Yeah. <laughs> don't exactly. say nothing. Don't, yeah. don't just sit there and yeah, I don't give a shit about your bitches, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that like middle t- like 2010 to basically now, um, you have a lot of that electric uh, electronic music mm. resurgence, right? Like like DJs and and you know EDMs, like a huge thing. I'm not into it. I yeah. can't get into it. Um, and it may be from my college experience because I had to listen to freaking um, I forget what they call it, and I, it, it's going to escape me for from now on because it's like a suppressed memory. And yeah. I don't want to think <laughs> about it. But like I had to listen to somebody who mixed like the sounds of trains together. And remember the song title. Like that was part of my, like one of my classes was a history of music. And you had to literally be able to like, he would play 10 seconds of a song and you had to take the, the, the artist and the title of the song and write it down. Jesus Christ. It was, it it was brutal. (laughs) And this was literally like a guy went to a, a train station and recorded trains driving by and like mixed them all together. And that was his music. That sounds like the hell version. I'd love to play bar trivia and the bar trivia place I, I go to, they do name that tune. Oh, name and that I'm, tune's re- great. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at like songs that like have words and <laughs> that I know, but I would not be very good at name that tune, but with, with train sounds. <laughs> it's like whales meaning like, yeah, you know, that's not, that's not me. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, that was part of my college experience was like listening to these, like, people making um, like avant-garde music yeah, out of like dropping pie pans down the stairs and shit like that. Like that was what, I mean, that was a big chunk before we got to like blues and jazz and like all that, like that. Yeah. A lot of people were doing that weird shit because they had a microphone. Like, right. That's sure. just what it came down to. Um, you, ever seen the, like, you ever seen the video of Yoko Ono on, I forget what talk show her and John were on, but they were playing with um, Chuck Berry. And <laughs> I've seen this video. Yeah. Yes, I think they're doing Johnny oh Be God. Good. Yeah, and she starts just going. Oh, she just starts wailing into the microphone, <laughs> and Chuck Berry looks like he's gonna piss his pants laughing. Like he's yeah. like, "This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen." 
She goes to do it for the second vert, like the second, like after the second chorus, to go do the same thing again. And they'd cut her microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that video. That's incredible. It's so good because it's so fucking stupid. God, Yoko Ono, what a bitch. Terrible. Hey, God, I I hate the Beatles too, but I really, I do. Oh man, Um, I I cannot. Like, okay, so I don't know that it's a hatred of the Beatles. I appreciate what they did for modern music. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I do like a couple of their tracks come together. Great song. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. But I cannot stand this idolization of basically what what equates to like a mediocre pop band now. You know what I mean? Like they, at the time they were the most popular fucking thing on the planet. Yeah. So I, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I sort of understand that at the same time. Um, in TV, they call it the Seinfeld effect, right? Like you watch a comedy now and then you watch an episode of Seinfeld and you're like, oh, like these jokes are very tired. Like they're all played out. But at the time they were new, they were fresh, they were groundbreaking. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to look back on the Beatles with the, the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, cause yeah, like it might sound like, you know, like, Especially the early stuff. The early stuff is like sort of bubblegummy bubble pop. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hold your hand, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's goofy, like simple. But like, when they started doing drugs and, they got, <laughs> and then the music when really had, came alive. When they had cocaine money. Yeah, exactly. When they were, when they were doing mushrooms and, and LSD every single day with Bob Dylan in India, <laughs> then things really came together. You know, like Sgt. Pepper's is a great album. Yeah, oh, I, I get it. I get that. And I think the White Album might be one of my favorite, like, weird music, yeah. like, things. Uh, but I also, I mean, I also gravitate towards, like, Revolution Number 9. Really? Right? Like, like the that's, weirdest shit? Yeah, that's the, <laughs> so literally the exact opposite of what I was just saying with, like, the train sounds. Yeah. We're going to listen to Revolution Number 9. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I, I, I'm not making sense at, at this point, uh, <laughs> but some some of it's cool, some of it some of it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I did. I, I mean, Paul McCartney, hell of a musician, absolutely. George Harrison, hell of a musician. Ringo Starr, borderline okay drummer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um, sort of fell ass, but he, he, he could keep, keep a beat. And yeah, he, people but, like in hindsight say that he was pretty solid at like keeping up with what they were doing. But no, he sort of fell ass backwards into being like. A sensation, right. like, yeah. Well, that, but then, but then he did do a lot of good with it. Like, yeah. have you ever heard of uh, like Ringo's All Star Band? Yeah, they fucking rock. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely and again, it's all because it. they, they pull other awesome musicians in, and right. he's, he's just there. But, but he's doing until it's because he's a Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I can't fault them for being famous. No, and I can't fault them for making decent music. You can fault John Lennon for being a wife abusing piece of shit. Well, <laughs> I mean, he is an ass, or was an was asshole. an asshole. Um, and I don't like his politics at all. And I think Imagine is a, a train wreck of a song. Yeah. And I think it's the possibly one of the worst composed, one of the worst songs of all time. I, I will put that on my, my worst songs of all time list. Really? Up there with uh, We Are the World. Like, <laughs> it's just bad. We Are the World didn't need to be eight minutes long. <laughs> it really didn't. But it also is like... It, that to me just screams like first world problems. Yes. Like, cause you're like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 believe me, I get the thought behind it. And they raised a lot of money. And which they that, did, which that's is cool. Fine. That's, that's, great. that's great. But the but song itself is really bad. God awful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the very beginning of COVID when all like, it was like Gal Gadot gets all this shit for it because she was the first one in the video? Yeah. I don't really know if it was even her idea like to like put this together if she just happened to be the first one and everyone clicked off of it after eight seconds because it was so unbearable. Yeah. But all these celebrities <laughs> on Zoom sang Imagine. <laughs> to this yes. day, it makes me so like irrationally angry. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, why does this exist? This is the worst thing that's like, ever happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a oh, what a time to be alive! Oh my god, it's so bad. It's been an interesting few years, man. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep drinking. Yeah, you bring anything else? Or? Yeah, I brought a, a BA stout. Actually, oh, well, shit. Let's get into that. You do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll break it up with, uh, right. with a little. We got Haze. Oh my gosh! All right. So, uh, oh, you I have a cutter? I have a cutter. Yeah, oh. I, have, I have my whale slayer. Nice. Shout out Colson for the whale slayer. Nice. Um, All right. So we opened the bottle without any uh, issue. Without there. much issue. Right. It it's, tastes a little interesting. It's a little old. It's, it was a Tavor pickup from like I think at least two years ago. Anchorage the Explorer. I mean, we didn't even introduce the second beer. Sorry, shoot. No. We we drank Magic Mushroom already. Yeah, which <laughs> it was, was it was great. Very good. Yeah. Very dank. Um, I, I do like their their haze a lot. I do too. Um, but yeah, magic mushroom is one of my favorites from the pixelated series. And I do have a mega mushroom, but that's a triple. And I don't yeah, know, uh, I got to drive like fifteen minutes home, so maybe, yeah. maybe no triple. No, although we are drinking a fourteen percent <laughs> barrel aged stout. So, hey, you sorry, know, fifteen percent. <laughs> that extra one. That's actually I don't get a lot of metallic. No, I got my first sip was very. Very metal. Maybe that's from the top of whatever this buildup is on the top of the Maybe. This Although I don't, um, this looks like I have a lot of schmegma on my. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that's the first time I've heard the word schmegma on my podcast. <coughs> it looks like uh, 182 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Second step was way better, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I don't get a lot of metallic flavor. Um, yeah. I'm not, I actually. Second step was way better. I don't get a lot of barrel, though, either. I get a lot of chocolate. I get a lot of, like, it's like chocolate milk. Yeah. I don't get any real, like, the chili, even, like, heat heat from the chili I'm not even getting. Oh, I get, uh, there's ancho chilies, vanilla beans, coconut, cacao nibs, and coffee, and milk sugar. Oh. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll definitely sit with you, though. That's Anchorage for you, yeah. Um, and again, it's a little old. I mean, it wasn't like it was, it, it was, it was not refrigerated the whole time either. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's so be it. Yeah, it was. I have a lot of bottles tail. under the bar here. So. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's. I, I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. So thank you for bringing it. Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we're uh, about an hour in on this episode, and uh, we. I mean, we've talked a lot of music. Yeah, we definitely. <laughs> And we got a lot of uh, we got away from emo for a while there, so we went back. To, uh, so I want to kind of like bring it back in a little bit. Hundred percent. Um, <laughs> so I I didn't look up like the list of albums that came out in two thousand three. I should have, but I will say some of the stuff that has stuck with me the most is from that year, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and even like after that, there's still a lot of like good albums, yeah. and so like we were talking about with like bands and like people that actually play their instruments that actually write the music and that kind of thing. Um, seeing that come back around and a lot of these upcoming like pop punk bands, like state champs. And um, I don't really know a whole lot of other ones. You like mom name, jeans, but uh, 
modern baseball, I mean, they're broken up now, but they were, I mean, m- closer to emo than to pop punk, but it's all, it's all sort of, they're all cousins, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm really, like, the front bottoms are really, really cool. They're actually not even as much, they're, like, indie emo, not even, like, very, like, they're not, like, as, like, hard, like, you know, aggressive guitars or anything for the most part. But, yeah, them, Modern Baseball, Mom Jeans is, is like, a favorite of mine. He's at State Champs. Uh, like, Turnover is really cool. Turnstile is really cool. I'm, I, so... I'm seeing them next Wednesday. Right, and I've for never blank, even yeah. listened to them, so I'll have to I'll have to check them out because I've heard nothing but good things about this band yeah. from like people that I can trust their musical taste. Yeah, um, and I've just never checked them out. Yeah, so, dude. there's yeah. a it's very cool as you said that that's coming back around like that. Like Hot Mulligan's really cool as well. Have you listened to much of them? No, no, no. they're really cool. They're worth checking out. Like yeah. it's it, it's it feels different, but pretty much the same like as like it's, it's lyrically it's very similar it's like you know i i have no success with girls i like getting <laughs> drunk with my friends <laughs> it's a lot of that yeah. but it feels like updated for like 2023 okay oh yeah i'll check them out for sure um that you got to make me a list of the stuff that's popular yeah, now 100 like, percent. <laughs> i i am an old um <laughs> well so we had a little collaboration there a couple months ago when you guys started the it's not a phase playlist on uh on spotify oh yeah yeah all, like all of like the old school like early 2000s like through like early 2010s like pop punk like emo all that yeah so i, I had a lot of suggestions on that because there's a lot of music from like that era that obviously i love right a bit right um uh, a friend of ours just uh, made sure that a day to remember was on there. I was probably kind of against it, really. But in listening to them a little bit more, I'm 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 getting I'm coming around. Like I, I, there's a couple of tracks that I you know pick out, but for the most part, I was just like against them for a while because I yeah. don't like the guy's voice that much. Oh, really? See, yeah. I think like the mix of like singing and like screaming because he doesn't do like too much like crazy like guttural screaming right yeah a little bit of that like uh especially like in the earlier track like i made of wax lay what are you made of is like more like guttural screaming yeah then the chorus is like not you know yeah and i think it's just i i honestly think it's like his accent yeah (laughs) more than anything that i just don't like it just doesn't do it for me yeah um but i was always like a big fan of rise against oh and like thrice and um that's that was like my my home base was like Rise Against and Thrice like that okay. was that was where I was listening, and then you have like Less Than Jake, and like all like it, it was it, a very wide area. Um, Ska fits in like that a lot. Like it, it does. It, it feels like it should be different, but like I think they call it third wave ska. Like early ska is like has its its origins in like Jamaica and like like reggae type deal. Like it's very right. similar there. But like the third wave ska, which got popular in the nineties, like Real Big Fish, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Less Than Jake, all of that. Like I feel like has like some pop punkish emo ish like right. influence. In it. And then like um, what is it? The anthem I think is the uh, the the name of the album uh-huh. from Less Than Jake. And that one is almost more pop punk than ska, <coughs> right? Because they kind of got rid of the horns on a couple of tracks, and then like she's gonna break is uh, like their one hit, yeah. That was like on the radio, really. No horns. Yeah. So that it's interesting that perspective for me because I didn't get into them until well after they were popular. Like I got into Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish and all that in high school, which for me was 
2012 to 2015. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, you're 10 years my junior, so I get right. it. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like for me, I don't really have much perspective on like what was the most popular song. I can see like what has the most views on YouTube or most streams on Spotify. So I would have thought that their biggest hit was like the science of selling yourself short or like uh, the rest of my life or something like that. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say that like, that's a really good song as well. But I'm surprised to hear that that was like the one that you would hear on the radio back. Yeah. Like that was literally like the only one too. that. And like, maybe look what happened on like a Sunday night when they were doing like (laughs) the, the edge of the X type stuff. Yeah. Um, but look what happens. One of my favorite songs like that, that, but I, I grew up on like, uh, hello rock view. Okay. From them, which is like super ska. Yeah. Like it is 100% like horns in every song blaring, like, just bouncing vocals, like the whole bit. Give me all the horns. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I agree completely. Cause like, there's, there's something to be said about like <laughs> a 19 piece band. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, like they they were fun and it was like relatable and they, they told a story like nobody else was doing. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what it comes down. Like I love, like flogging Molly and, you know, dropkick Murphy's and like, oh, yeah. all these bands that fit into like a very specific, like place. Yeah. Right? And less than Jake's right there with me. Uh, the, I don't know where, where I was going with that. Um, I feel like bands like, like dropkick Murphy's, like they fit more into like the, logical next step for like more traditional punk. Yes. Like they're not, they're not poppy really. I mean, they have like, a couple hits like the chipping up to Boston. It feels like a little bit more like, like what a mainstream punk song would feel like. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But they but are, like, they are definitely like they're more. A punk band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're like the logical, like next step from like shit like, like, well, like, well I didn't mean to really like lump them in with yeah. less than Jake. I just mean that, that like there's, there are some bands out there that are super specific to their style. Right. That don't really, blend with the genre of yeah. like pop punk, but they're, they're still there. A hundred percent. And I would say like, you're like what we're talking about. Newfound glory, right. Is like the definitive pop punk band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the uh, goofy voice. Like, yeah. Every like, song kind of sounds the same, but like right. it's a good sound, but it's like, it's their sound. <laughs> yeah. It, you definitely know you're listening to newfound glory. Yeah. And that's like, we were, uh, I was on the golf course yesterday and I'm listening to state champs uh-huh. and like, I get that vibe from them. Right. Cause like th- one, they do a bunch of covers of old pop punk songs, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but two, that's their feel. Like they feel like newfound glory. Right. And the, uh, like all time low is kind of the same way, right. They're very influenced obviously yeah. by the name alone. They are influenced by yeah. newfound glory. Um, but I love all time low too. And like the, that vibe to me is just super, um, easy to just pick up and listen to and not really care about what's going on. Totally. Like, cause you're not listening to it for the musicality. You're not listening to it for the, I mean, you're listening to it for the lyrics, but you're not listening to it for like the words. They're not, you know, deep. Yeah. No, it's, it's basically <laughs> it's very, like, it's very surface level. Right. And, and you're listening to it because it's fun. Yeah. It's something to just get into for a minute. Yeah. Not know? everything has to be like super in depth. Like, no. 
Metal's for that. <laughs> That's why I listen to metal. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, just, I do the same with Coheed, though. Like, I yeah. overanalyze the whole story, and I'm like, oh, well, they wrote the comic book to go along with this album, and I'm reading the comic book, and I'm listening to the album, and I'm figuring out, oh, there's subplots, and there's, there's characters that they haven't introduced yet, and who's coming where, you know? Like right. Kind of, it gets crazy. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to turn your brain off and listen to some fucking pop punk. <laughs> 100%. And it's funny. There's a lot of bands that, like, their whole career is in one segment or the other of that. Like, either they're very existential and deep and all of that or like mm-hmm. they're very surface level and then there's bands the best example i think is brand new that has they might have the the most long-term like transformation from one thing to another that any band's ever had they went <clears throat> so far dude i mean they went from uh, so they went from basically and I, I i hate to dumb it down like this but they went from newfound glory to fucking um, Norma Jean, like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like that's the spread there. Right. Like, in my head, it's like it's like I could use like movies, like as like as a like a as a you know metaphor here. Like, sure. Like they started as like like an Adam Sandler movie from the nineties, like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, and they became like a Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> like they're, right. they're interstellar. <laughs> they're like what's what's the new one that no one can understand? Tenet. Oh, see, yeah. I've I've watched it three times. Really. I don't get it. I I'm mean, not, I, I, I like it. it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I like it, and yeah. it makes the story seem so crazy. Yeah. But I, you got to watch it like six, eight times to figure it out. I can't. I can't I'm not, like, <laughs> I just don't have the mental strength to watch right. that movie multiple times. <laughs> right. That's um, like a lot of what uh, most of what he does, aside from like the Batman movies, they're all like, like Interstellar is like that. Interstellar um, is like that. is like that. Mm-hmm. Memento. Memento is beautiful. It's that was so a well done, but film. it is so confusing until the very end. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. it all starts to finally kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. But like, you feel like you should go back and watch as soon as you finish it, watch it a second time immediately. Yeah. But uh, dude, he's a, he's a genius. I'm very excited for Oppenheimer. Uh, oh yeah. It comes out in like July, right? Yes. I just and saw they're hyping the shit out of that. I saw another big trailer. Yeah. They spent a lot of money on that movie. Yeah. And they have every famous person in Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, it's not even close to being out yet. Right. <laughs> and, and there's already like three trailers and like, I'm, I'm pretty hyped. I'm about very it. excited. I'm not into like historical dramas like that really? either, but for so, like just the feel of the movie just makes me want to watch it. Yeah. You know? Um, but I'm also like a, a fucking John Wick fan, you know, yeah. like I'll just, I'll throw on action, dumb action movies. Yeah, sure. As long as people get killed, you know, like right. I can like both, you know, yeah. but again, it's, it's the same thing with brand new to swing it all back into a circle. Yes, there, you know? Exactly. Like brand the new's first album, your, your favorite weapon is to this day, one of my favorite albums ever. And uh, we're going to, we're going to sidebar this and say, okay, yeah, Jesse Lacey is a piece of He's shit. He's a piece of shit. Okay? Yeah. We cannot stand the artist, but no. we can stand the artist. The music is fantastic. The guy sucks and it's yeah. a huge bummer. I was, that was probably one of the, one of like the, the things that came out of the Me Too movement that I was most upset to hear. I mean, all of it, all of it's horrible. Yes, basically. absolutely. But as far as like people who were perpetrators of this whole thing, one that I did not expect to hear and one that I was very bummed to hear was Jesse Lacey. Yeah. And I think he's handled it actually fairly well. And like, like since like the whole him getting canceled, he's stayed gone. Like he hasn't like tried to reemerge and like, like, yeah. Hey, I'm better now. Like, there's not, yeah, there's not one, uh, farewell tour that you're going to see from brand new. No, like, I it's don't just think not they're, they're happen. done. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's absolutely like, it could be 40 years from now and they're still not coming back. No, they're not like, coming back. No. That's just what it is. Right. Um, 
but like a lot there's a, there's a lot of people from that time frame that were like shitty people. Oh yeah, and, and <laughs> no, it sucks. Like the majority. Honestly. Yeah, like it just. Uh, I think part of it is like the culture as well. Like, well, and I mean, a lot of it was the fan base skews young. It does. Yeah, like at the time, and and my wife is one of them. Yeah, right. Like Sarah was, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and these guys were in their twenty-five to thirty range. Right. Like, and a lot of it was, it's there this is what you do. Sure. Right. Like, and that's the, it doesn't make it any less wrong. It no. doesn't like that. I'm not justifying that at all. All I'm saying is it's still gross. And no, it's sure. Still, you know, better. It's also not even really a new phenomenon either. Right. Like in the seventies, like Mick Jagger and David Bowie and Jimmy Page and all of, all of these big rock stars were having sex with 14 year olds. And it's just as disgusting and evil then as it was in the nineties and two thousands. Right. It just was less talked about. Yeah. Yeah, and uh-huh. I think that now seeing the being able to have a um, a platform to open the eyes to so many people is a good thing. Yeah, right. Without a doubt. But to get back to the music, like you were saying, the <clears throat> your favorite weapon is is probably top three albums. Like maybe maybe not top three albums, but top I'd say top ten albums ever for me. Okay. Um, I came about it at a very interesting point. I was a freshman in college. I had recently been dumped. <laughs> um, I was not doing so hot, you know, first time getting my heart broken, all that jazz, you know, it's fine. Um, but I went to the one place that I can go when I'm not having a good day, and that was Reddit. And I searched, I searched on Ask Reddit, best breakup music. Yeah. And it was a lot of like, seal and like <laughs> like weird old shit like stuff that i had no interest in and then someone said 70 times seven by brand new yeah i said oh i've never heard that song I'm not, i don't really know this band either like let me let me look this up <laughs> and i played the shit out of that album for like six months yeah <laughs> like, yeah every That's- song is just about jesse Lacey being a 17 year old punk who is unhappy that things aren't going exactly his way. Yeah. And all yeah. the songs feel very teen angsty and very relatable. It's, it, it really was that time. Like when you're going through something like that yeah. and you're listening to somebody who's gone through something like that, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it really does hit you. Um, and what's crazy is like the story of him and the lead singer of taking back Sunday, John Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the whole beef and everything like it was just <clears throat> two of the greatest albums of that era based on one girl. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would love to, I'd love to know who that girl was and I'd like I'd to see a picture of her as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, it, was she worth it? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, it, it also spawned some of the greatest music of the time. Without like, a I doubt. Mean, realistically like- take, uh, tell all your friends is probably the one album that I can say I will listen to front to back, no skips, like, and just be completely in the moment with yeah. it, right? Um, your favorite weapon is the same way. Yeah, that's one um, that I, I wouldn't skip anything. Yeah. That one and Enema, I think, were the big two from that. that Enema was, like, it's so good. I've been listening to get myself hyped for the yeah. show, you know? <laughs> and I I threw it on random, and I hear a lot of like California because they have the deluxe edition and the regular edition I love on Spotify. That album, actually, it's really good. Nine stinks. Nine, the second album with Matt Skiba, I did not like much at all. Yeah, like, California was, what, was it? Um, Dark Side. That was like the single, and that yeah, was okay. That one's fine. But dude, California, I was my 
summer after my freshman year of college, that album came out and yeah. I, I wore it out in my car. Like yeah. I loved every song on that album. Bored to Death <laughs> was awesome. Like, yep. Oh my God. Like, yeah, the song California, dude, San Diego, like every song was so sick. Sober. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, yeah. Th- I mean, the album itself is great. Uh, but yeah, Enema is one of those ones that's like, no skips. You're listening to the it's whole thing. Perfect. Yeah, um, it's so perfect. There's like take take off your pants and jackets. Okay. Um, their self title is excellent. It is. It's I, weird. It is. Yeah. It, it's got this like Mark and Tom having problems. Yeah, you can you it. can tell a little <laughs> like, bit. I think a lot of that you can also hear the influence in that and what Tom would go on to do with Angel and Airwaves and actually yeah. what he did before that with Boxcar Racer. Right. It yeah. sounds more grown up. It sounds like Tom was done making dick jokes and you know wanted to start talking about what life is like in your thirties. Right. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm not in my, I'm not in my thirties. <laughs> but uh, okay. <laughs> sorry. You'll get there <laughs> one um, of these days. But no, I um, I think it. It felt like like a tug of war. Yes, like there were like little bits of like like lyrical immaturity in there still, but like for the majority of the Untitled album, it was much more like darker themed, like songs like Stockholm Syndrome, Down, um, Go. Yeah, Go is an awesome song. It I is. feel like they never yeah. play. Um, I, I but I mean, feeling this is an epic Blink One Eighty Two song. Yeah, like that's what it is. Yeah, you know. Um, <clears throat> And uh, what's what was the other one? Miss You, right? I miss you, yeah. Um, that one is definitely Tom. Yeah. And it's like he was already gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was just he was like, This is this is me now. This is not Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Um so that's probably my least favorite song on that album, actually. I know it's like it's part of it's the contrarian in me, like that's the biggest hit, maybe the biggest hit they've ever had. Yeah. That or all the small things is the biggest hit they've ever done. Yeah. And maybe part of me resents that. I just think there's so many other better songs on that album. Oh, I think, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but feeling this is a pretty was a really big hit as well. And I love that song. It's because it was on NHL 03 or whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> that. Um, because they wrote it for the soundtrack to that oh, game. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the, the story is that they wrote it and they were going to call it, um, get ready for action. Oh, okay. Like the intro. Yeah. Right. And then it made it to the album. Huh? So it was like not even supposed to be a part of like their discography at Interesting. all. It was just supposed to be a single. I, I remember hearing like a reading a thing about how they wrote that song separately mm-hmm. and they went to two separate rooms and we're like, we're just going to write a song. And maybe it was because they were writing a song for this for this video game. And they came out and compared, and they had both written about sex, but from very different perspectives. Yeah. Like, Marx feels more, like, slow and sensual and everything, and Tom's is more like, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> like a quickie, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, um, but that, and I mean, that... That story to me is is the same, basically the same story as how they had like first date and rock show. Yeah. On take off your pants and jacket because they were like, yeah, we need more. We need a hit. We need <laughs> we need more hits on this yeah. album. And the recording, uh, like the recording, uh, the record label was like, no, we're not putting this album out without two more songs, right. That are hits. And they and, go on and they just knock them out like, and like, like nothing. Ten minutes, yeah, yeah. Like it was like, oh yeah, we wrote it in the recording studio's yeah. office. Like, yeah, it's a good to show you like how much more work like a really good song that you're really proud of, like an album cut, takes mm-hmm. than like a 
pop single that you hear on the radio. Like right. there's a formula for what goes on the radio and a lot of people have figured it out. Like yes. you can you can churn that out, but there's well, no it's like the uh, uh there's a video online and it's probably from like 2006. Uh-huh. And it's literally this like comedian like a musical comedy group and um the title of the skit I, <sighs> the sketch the, sorry the skit I think is um Four uh, four chords for every pop song. I've seen that, you yeah. know. And he goes through, and they they like, it's like three minutes long, and they play like thirty eight songs. Yeah, like every like big that. hit like, you could ever think. Of. It, I mean, it's just like a couple lines from each song, but it's so funny because they don't change the progression at all, right? And it's it fits perfectly. Yeah, so <laughs> that's uh, that's the thing. And they and they were at that point they were just puppets for the record label right. right like they were just okay you signed with us now you have to make it worth our while yeah sure and that sucks yeah right but there were some good songs um what is it adam song part two was on that one right adam song part two yeah is the name different no I don't think so. Wait, hold on. Am I? I'm not making this up. It's Adam Song Part Two on "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." I'm pulling it up right now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Anthem. Anthem Part, part two. two. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. I was yeah. going to say. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, they did a, a part two of it, so he didn't kill himself in the first. Part. Right. No. No. I'm <laughs> no. Sorry. Yeah. Anthem. I, yeah, Anthem Part it was Two. Anthem Part Two. Yeah. That's yeah. That is a Anthem Part Two is a badass song. That it is. is. Yeah. The the rest of the freaking album is just so good. Other than those two the hits, hits. Yeah, like, like I'm just going through the, the lineup right now. It's funny they did a lot of they did more comedy on that album than any other. Like so, there were three versions of the album that came out. Yeah, and yeah, each read, of them came with a regular song and a comedy song. Yeah, like they did one about wanting to fuck a dog and one about fucking your grandfather and one yeah. about fucking your mother. <laughs> <laughs> but they also did like the um. Happy holidays, you bastard. Yeah, exactly. That one came on all of them. That yeah. song is hysterical. Oh, man. Um, but they did, um, maybe the best song on the album, Low Key, um, was... Stay Together Stay together for the Kids. That's a great one. I was going to say What Went Wrong from the Yellow Pants uh, hidden track. Like, So you got I Want to Fuck a Dog, and then you got What Went Wrong, which is solo Tom acoustic, and it's like a very, very like pretty sad mellow breakup song mm-hmm. and it was really like it it felt like something that could have been on like a box the boxcar racer album <laughs> that's <laughs> there's two the duality of man there, yeah you know? right exactly <laughs> um what the hell is it? uh built this pool oh, <laughs> <laughs> that one is fantastic so dumb it's so good that 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 line at the end where Travis is like, is that really it? Like that's yeah. like sincere. It was the first time they had, they had recorded it. <laughs> Travis, like, are you kidding me? This, this is a song. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, dude, it's so funny. They're they're just like so damn entertaining. They really are. Um, I really thought Matt Skiba stepped into the role of Tom really really well. He obviously didn't choke around and you know. But he also didn't try to hide that he was still Matt Skiba. Like, yeah. that was the best part about it was, like, he just played Blink-182 as himself. Yeah, and those two albums that he was on, they sound a little bit like Alkaline and Trio records. Like, yes, yeah, they, definitely. They, his influence is definitely there. It wasn't like he just came in and, like, filled the guitar part and they were Blink albums. They're yeah. Blink albums, but, like, with, like, a new twist on them, which right. is really cool. And it sounds like it, there was a little bit of, like, controversy when, like, 
they hadn't done anything in like two years and then someone asked Matt on Instagram like hey like, are you still doing stuff with Blank and he was like ask them I don't know and then like a month later it was like oh Tom's back in the band they sort of booted him so there's a little bit of controversy there I hope eventually they smooth that over because I would love to see I've always said the perfect lineup would be Blank as the headliner and then every side project as like openers oh, I don't think yeah. that would ever happen because that would involve all of them playing for like six hours right <laughs> but it's like <laughs> You have Angels and Airwaves plus forty four boxcar racer the transplants. Uh, oh, the now you have now you have alkaline trio. Yeah, yeah. You could have a lot of amazingly good pop punk bands play on the same lineup if you had that happen, but it probably never ever would. Yeah, that's a that's a tough <laughs> ask. Yeah, um, alkaline trio is another one though from that time frame though that was so good. Yeah. for so long yeah. and, and out, outrageously consistent. Yeah, they were like different though and like, ridiculously <laughs> like. Like we were saying with like Fallout Boy and say anything mm. like the inappropriate lyrics, yeah. like they were they were just as much like crazy, but they were also a different vibe, right? Yeah. Um, the other one that I always forget about because I didn't get into them until much later is Bayside. I only know a little bit of Bayside. I was never like super into them. Um, I I really liked Killing Time. Uh huh. But that was like the first album that I heard by them that I was like, oh, they don't suck all that much. Because like, I remember vividly in college, I got an iPod. Yeah. Right? Like the first, like the first gen. Yeah. Like with the click wheel and all that. Um, you don't even know what that is. No, I, I, had, I had an iPod. I had okay. an iPod Touch. But, yeah. But well, no, I, remember, I remember the one with the click wheel and okay. everything. That, right. was, that was like the beginning. <laughs> So I yeah, like, I had I got this thing, and with it, you got like a free iTunes song of the month. Yeah, and Duality had just come out, and it okay, was, um, I think it was the song Duality was like the free song of the month, and I listened to it like twice, and I was like, nope, this band is not for me, <laughs> and I never went back to it. Right, and then in after college, well, not after college, I'd say during college, uh, one of my friends was super into them. And like knew the band personally and like, it was like crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, well I'll check them out. And like, she, uh, she made a couple like mixed CDs and stuff like that. And we're handing them out. And I the couple of tracks are on there. I was like, Oh, these guys are all right. I'll go back and, you know, try listening to them. Yeah. And I fell in love with them. Really? Like absolutely one of my favorites now. Huh? Um, and the, the album that I love only came out in 2011. So it's not on, the this is not a phase yeah uh, it's, it's too it's too it's new, too new. <laughs> um but like the walking wounded is one of their more popular albums and that's the one with um duality on it okay and now listening back to it i'm like why didn't i like this yeah and so we've seen bayside a couple of times and they always put on a great show they did a cover of mr brightside the one time we saw him and it was fucking awesome. I bet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they do a bunch of covers. They have a couple of like Christmas tunes. Like it's all like crazy. But uh, yeah, I would say if you're if you're looking for somebody from that era um, that you haven't really got into, check out Bayside. Okay. Um, yeah, they're they're not bad. They st- they're still making music. Interesting. Um, their first album, like their first big album, is their self titled. And it has Devotion and Desire on it, which uh-huh. is like the standard for all emo playlists of all time. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely check that one out. Um, it's it's 
production value is pretty low. Okay. So you have to kind of go in expecting. I dig that though. You know, like yeah. the lo-fi thing is cool with me. You know? Okay. So that, uh, so that's something that turns Sarah off completely. Really? Yeah. Like she can't listen to Coheed's first album huh. because it is like bare just, bones. just really like they recorded it in a basement yeah. somewhere. Um, so that's something that's kind of frustrating because some of the best music is the first music. Right. You know? Of course. Yeah. Uh, but from there, like the, as they go on, there's a lot of like, listen to their greatest hits and stuff like that. Okay. And like the acoustic stuff is yeah. really great, but I, I like Bayside a lot. So. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, give, give them some time to grow on. You yeah. Know? That's the thing. Like you can't just turn it on and be like, Nope, I don't like this. Cause yeah, that's exactly gotta... what I did. Right. And I was wrong. So <laughs> yeah. Interesting. But huh, there was so much good stuff on that playlist, dude. That that sh- it's not a phase playlist. And I had uh, my suggestions were like I said Jack's mannequin slash something corporate was yep. a, a big one of mine. And then Lucky Boy's Confusion is a band that gets no love at all. You I know, discovered through my sister. My sister was into them and like would play it in the car. She's four years older than me. So I, she was driving me around when I was in middle school and I would hear like Hey Driver and Medicine and Gasoline and songs from that's all from Commitment, I think, which is yeah. probably their biggest album. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and that they're so sick, and they uh, they don't tour anymore. Right, they play like once or twice a month in Chicago only. <laughs> and actually, the girl that dumped me freshman year of college, we're still kind of friends, and she was in <laughs> Chicago, and like we've talked about like going to a show. <laughs> oh man, see that? Yeah, I, I saw Lucky Boys Confusion open for Say Anything. Really? Oh, yeah, that's sick at Smalls. Um. That was the only like interaction I've ever had with them. Okay. Um, and I never really listened to them since, yeah. to be honest, until this playlist. Yeah. And it comes up and I'm like, oh, I kind of noticed this song. Oh, yeah, I definitely recognize yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. So it's it's great to, you know, have that insight from other people yeah. about a time frame that you maybe forgot about something. Like, uh, I don't know if you would know, there's a band called A Second Chance. That sounds familiar. They became the band Just Surrender. Okay. And I, I think that's how it went. Either it was Just Surrender and they became a second chance, but they were on a bill with some other, it might have been like Bright Eyes or somebody like that. Oh, like I like just, Bright Eyes. Connor Oberst, man. Yeah. I, I don't like Bright Eyes. Really? <laughs> that's just me. I liked... Uh, so he did, he was, he actually dated Phoebe Bridgers for a while. Uh, he's much older and obviously okay. and everything. Yeah. They had a side project together called Better Oblivion Community Center, which they did one LP together and it's awesome. <laughs> I was kind of into it when I first heard it and first got into her. And like in the past like <laughs> month, it's been like, on all over my Spotify. Yeah. You got an opinion on this? <laughs> she said, uh, no, we're not listening to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been all over my Spotify and I've gotten way, way more into it. I wish they did more together. Oh, but that's, he's that's cool. cool. He's cool. I know like personally, like he's like a drunk and like their, their concerts like sometimes get shortened because he's too drunk to perform. Wow. Yeah. Like I know like they did like a re- writer's reunion tour like, not too long ago and like several of the dates got like shortened. Just, I, I saw one time they, uh, they asked crowd members to come out and like, hey, like, do you guys want to like sing a I song? I did hear about this. Because <laughs> yeah. Connor's too drunk to sing. So do any of you want to come up and like do Bright Eyes karaoke <laughs> on stage? And then we'll give, you all, a, we'll give you all a refund. But like, I don't want to make it like a total waste of a night. So if any of you want to come up and just like have fun, like yeah. we'll still give you all your money back. But wow. Yeah. 
That's kind crazy. of a shame. That's, yeah. That's yeah. I mean that that reminds me of like in the height of it, like when Bert from the Used was just wasted all the time yeah. and like falling over himself yeah. and like. That just that's just no fun. Yeah, um, no fun for anybody, including them. <laughs> yeah, especially. Uh, but I gotta say, like, there were a few like performers at that point that were like bad. Yeah, too. like there were several um, bands that I saw like on Warp tours and stuff like that, where they were just fucking blackout drunk. Sure, or, you know that kind of thing. Like, there's there's a lot of other ones that we haven't even touched on yet that I could sit there and be like, yeah. I never need to see them again. Yeah, like, like the album, but like live, horrible. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, when I think back of like the the height of Warp Tour in like 2001 to 2005, yeah. let's say, right? Like that was like the best years. And I remember seeing like Poison the Well, Glassjaw, at the drive-in. Yeah. Uh, like that type of shit was like where I I kind of sh- like pivoted to metal. Uh huh. Um. Poison the Well was fucking crazy. Really? Um, at the drive-in, I think I only caught like the end of their set, so it was like two or three songs left. And that crowd was nuts. Like, I'm telling you, like, I was scared <laughs> to get close to the stage because they were so like everybody was just so fucking violent. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, there's like there's so many other bands that we like that we haven't even talked about. Right. And, just- and like I, I love Thrice, and Thrice is another one like Brand New that had such a development into their sound. Yeah, and now I don't know if you've heard the reimagining of uh, the artist in the ambulance. Huh? You should check it out. Really? Like, because they basically what they did was they took the album and they re-recorded it uh-huh. in 2023 as themselves. Oh, that's interesting. So it's a very cool like representation. Yeah, like a twist and. It's it's basically like, hey, we don't do this anymore because it's not our style anymore, but we want to do it in our style now. Yeah. So definitely check that one out. Okay. Uh, because it's one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. And like that's that's very close to my like it's it's absolutely in my top ten. It's up there. Yeah. Um, because the artist in the ambulance was one of those like that came out when I was finding my way in writing music. Okay. And so just the the storytelling the the episodic pieces of the album like it doesn't flow very like i mean the the songs flow together pretty well yeah but the story is not like consistent it's it's a it's a very like these are the tracks interesting yeah um but eddie breckenridge the bassist is one of my big inspirations really hearing like stare at the sun is one of my favorite tracks off the album just Uh because of the bass line huh uh, so yeah, definitely check that out. So I am actually I'm on the uh, the the not a phase playlist. One, you guys have it up to almost 91 hours. That's four days. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> it is clearly not a phase. No, but I'm looking through just like artists that are on here. So yeah, it's a lot of Coheed, a lot of Avenged Sevenfold, Avenged Sevenfold, Funeral for a Friend, Funeral for a Friend, yeah, Hawthorne Heights, Letter Kills, uh, Matchbook Romance, Matchbook Romance was a solid one. Yeah, that is a good one. Man, Um, uh, I just want to say all the names, right? Like so that we (laughs) We didn't forget about you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Who else we got here? Do you like American football? Uh, I've I've heard a couple of tracks. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can pick them out. Of Their first album is all you really needed to hear, and the only one that's really like well known is Never Met. 
Mm. Um, you would know the the album cover, the first album called American Football. It's that house. It's the White House. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I I do remember them. I just I don't know that I ever listened to them. Yeah. Oh, All American Rejects. That's cool. Their their first two albums were fire. Simple Plan, dude. Simple Plan had a lot of awesome like uh, they were generic they, pop punk hits yeah it was one of those things where i was like you can't put that on there and she's like i have to and yeah I was they, like, okay, they fit they fit really it. well but it's just not it's not they're not as good but, but like, like all american rejects has some bangers that were not hits right too like, absolutely that's the other thing is like there's so much music on there because she will only add the whole album yeah that's yeah, it was a lot that that's why that's why it's 91 hours long that was the rule was that we're only adding the whole album yeah. or we're not adding it yeah and i was like okay I get it. Like that makes sense to me. Damn, Reliant K. Reliant K's first album was so good. It was. <laughs> um, it's funny. I never would have guessed. I mean, I guess with the more, when you know, with the benefit of knowing this, it makes sense. They're like a Christian rock band. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they're first, like you just listen to the music. You're like oh, like they're you know they're just cool. Like talking about like you know yeah like girls high girls school, yeah. yeah like, but then you're it. like. Um, especially like who I am hates who I've been. Yeah. It's like, uh, the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. It's like, I'm sorry. Is that, is that that one? Or is that be my escape? It's in one of those two songs. One no, of, it's, one of the, it's the first one. Okay. Cause be my escape is, uh, no, it's, I think it, is, it might be be my escape. No, be my escape. the one where at the end he's talking to his mom. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But both of like, they have like several lines in there that like knowing that they're like a Christian rock band is like, Oh, like, they're talking about God. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was just like a really cool thing to say, but like, no, that's biblical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. Good for you guys. Right? Yeah. Be My Escape was the one that ends with, uh, I said, I miss you, son. Come home. Okay. Like that's, that's straight from the Bible too. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh shit. Dude, brand new had some, some biblical stuff. 70 times seven is a Bible, a Bible reference. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, I never finished that book. Paramore is on the <laughs> Paramore's list. Paramore's on there. Uh, uh, who else we got? AFI. Oh, AFI was Lincoln so Park, of course. Yeah, Lincoln Park. I feel like is easy to forget about because they're sort they they're not they're like new metal. It's like, they were yeah they were heavier. Like enough. I I I made an argument for corn. Okay, Sarah shut me down, which is fine. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like I understand that it's not the vibe of the playlist. Yeah, but I'm also going to make a uh, '90s 2000s new metal playlist. Hell yeah, with just like Slipknot, Limp Biscuit, uh, <laughs> dude. There's nothing. System of a Down. There's like, nothing crazier in the world. Have you ever seen any of the Woodstock '99 documentaries that are out there? Yes. So the HBO one has this like moment about halfway in. It's I believe Corn was like the headliner, either night one or night two. And they come out and they open with uh, Blind. Yes. And dude, which the, they did a lot. The way the crowd moves at Woodstock, there's like a hundred some thousand people all there. And the way like people are like, talk, like talking, because they're talking about it. And like it was like the vibe was crazy. Like, and then as soon as it drops, are you ready? And the entire crowd starts moving like like the ocean, like a wave. And it's like people were getting demolished. That would be the most terrible. Like watching it from the safety of my couch, it's terrifying to be like, oh my god, I couldn't imagine being standing. I'm a a a big guy. I've been in a wall of death, and that still like freaks me out. Yeah, I'm a big dude, Um, but I would, I definitely would have gotten stomped. Dude, the uh, like, so I've seen Corn a bunch, really, and like. They always like Corn always tours with Rob Zombie, okay. and Rob Zombie is one of the best shows ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding you. Like he has giant fucking 15 foot robots on stage and shit. <laughs> like it's nuts. And 
Jonathan Davis upstages him every fucking really? time. Really? Even if he opens for them, he's still the best fucking performer. Huh. Like, Corn is so good live. Yeah. It's absolutely stupid. Yeah. They have giant stage props. They had a freaking oil rig on stage the one time <laughs> I saw them. Like, it was a full on, I swear to God, this thing had to be like 17, 20 feet tall. Damn. And it was like, running the whole time like yeah and and he's got the the freaking uh like cast iron microphone stand and like the whole bit like just a monster of a of a show yeah that's um, awesome but like they don't fit the vibe and yeah. i get that yeah sure but i'm going to make this playlist <laughs> there will be a second vibe <laughs> like we'll make a vibe i'm that going fits to that. make a vibe yeah. that fits that because oh, like good charlotte oh wow yeah good charlotte's on there Damn. and and like they were s- they they were sneaky, like actually pretty good, even though they yeah. were like that like simple plan, like yeah. the, the like too kiddish yeah. kind of pop punk. Like Boys Like Girls. That that first album was like that was like something that came out like when I was like in middle school. <laughs> so like it, it But was, it like, was also the screamo, like Yeah, they had a little bit of that, yeah. Like and that's what I never really like because like their hits are not Screaming vocals at no, all. No, no, no. Like, the Their hits are know. radio hits. Yeah. yeah. Man, there's some some good shit on that Mayday list. Parade, Senses Fail. Senses Fail. That's another one. The Man. Starting Line. The Starting Line had a really good album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cheek to Cheek is like still one of my favorites. The Ataris. Oh, the Ataris. Cartel. Cartel. That <laughs> album was... Chroma was so good. So good, In, in college. <laughs> <laughs> we the kings is on that it's again that that feels more like a, like a boys like girls like that sort of vibe to me like especially with those with the hits like, yeah oh yeah, yeah for sure like uh wait check yes juliet check yes juliet um skyway avenue and there's a third like big hit I think. it was uh oh shoot what was it called oh that's gonna break my uh, break my brain we'll look it up we the kings had maybe they only hit the two because I don't see another one on the top five that I know. Yeah, that might be right actually. Because yeah. there, there's another one that's better I, than none. You know? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Dashboards on there. Yeah, that there's so much. It just bums me out that you can't find like the original dashboard albums uh-huh. on Spotify. Yeah, it's all the like remade stuff. Yeah, so that's there's a bummer. Postal service. Say anything. Is the real boy is such a good album, dude. Is it really it? is. Oh my god! Like, obviously, like everyone knows uh, "Alive with Alive the Glory of Love," and uh, I feel like people know like "Walking is Sexual" too. Yeah, like the one about phone sex. Yeah, <laughs> but like there are other stuff. Like the feudal is so good. Whoa, is amazing. Uh, um, passing slowly through a vector. Yep. Um, Walk through hell. Oh, Walk Through Hell is one of my so favorites. good, dude. I used to know how to play that on guitar. That's cool. Um, yeah, that was that was one of those ones that I was like, Borderline was going to play it at my wedding. Really? Um, yeah, I, I'm just not good at guitar yeah. and, and singing at the same time. Um, so yeah, it didn't happen. But <laughs> I think we're we're almost to two, two hours, hours at this yeah. point. Uh, so we kind of have to wrap this up, guys. That's fair. Um, yeah. All right. So if you had to pick, I don't want to say one song uh-huh. to define the genre, uh, but maybe like top three. Define the genre like favorite. 
Or your favorites. Favorite, Let's okay. say your favorites. So How about that? Fav- top three. F- top three to find. Well, or, or if you have one, just that, that's fine. But I mean, like, like, oh man, that's really hard. It's, it's super hard. <laughs> so seven times seven is going to be on there for me. Yeah. Um, Anthem Part Two, probably. Okay. Um. My Friends Over You by Newfound Glory. God, that's a good track. <laughs> that's a great one. Damn you. <laughs> now I'm sitting here going, what the hell am I going to pick? Um, so it's got to be cute without the E cut from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. This is so tough. Uh, Grand Theft Autumn. Nice. And... Oh man, screaming infidelities. Okay, uh, just because it was one of those like the first like emo like true emo songs. Yeah, uh, that I like really got, like latched on to. Nice. So yeah. I love that. I love all three of them. <laughs> so it's great it's, picks. It's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Grand Theft Autumn is like one of those ones that's it. It's so far different from the rest of the album. Yeah, like again listen to it today so it's fresh in my mind i could probably go on for the next like 50 songs though yeah and be like oh yeah um you're cute when you're when you scream uh like or wait no that's not the name of that song is it yeah it is that is the name of the song senses fail yeah uh but like yeah there there oh there's so many that are just like bouncing around in my head constantly and like i find myself either humming or singing or, yeah. you know, like mouthing the lyrics to myself all the time. You said you listened to, um, did you listen to all of, um, take this to your grave today? Yes. Dude. So I've listened, I listened to a couple songs. My commute's only half an hour each way. So this morning I listened to some blank and some of that. And I heard, I listened to, Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, I listened to Grand Theft Autumn and the pros and cons of breathing. I think pros and cons would be my, my favorite fallout boy song. It, it is so good. dude. Honestly. Um, Chicago is so two years ago is probably my favorite off really? that album. Um, but Grand Theft Autumn is the one that really defines Fallout Boy. To yeah. Me, right? yeah, I would like, agree. Before before you get into like, like from Dance, under the Dance, court tree, Sugar We're Sugar Going Down, going down yeah. like um, out of Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Is it XO is the end of the album? I'm yes. pretty sure it's XO. Yeah. Um, but there's so many that just stick in my head hundred percent and like cute without the E has one of my favorite lines of all time. The wait, am I, am I right in this? It's the truth is you could slip my throat and with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologize <laughs> for, bleeding for bleeding on, on your, your shirt. shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's the, like, <laughs> it's the most emo fucking thing. Right. That is that was everyone's like, AIM away. Message. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's so true. But like that, that was it. That was like the line. Yeah. And I, I strictly like, re- I remember that. And I, I remember, uh, we won't stand for hazy eyes anymore. Uh-huh. Like the whole album again, start to finish is one of those ones that I can't turn off. It was bangers. Dude. It's not about yeah. bangers. And they re-released it recently. Yeah. It was a, it was an anniversary. I guess it would have been an anniversary, right? Yeah. It had to have been the fifth, maybe 15 year. Yeah. But it was, uh, they did a full remaster. Oh, okay. And so it's like way better quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like taking back Sunday is like 
one of the ones that I will listen to all their stuff up yeah. to louder now. Yeah. Um, after that, I'm not interested. You know, but, mics are for uh, singing, not for swinging, right? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that like the fact that they both use the same line in t- in the two different songs. Yeah. <laughs> like you're as subtle as a brick in the small of my back. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Oh my god! Seven times seven has so many great lines like that. Have another drink and drive yourself home. Hope <laughs> there's ice on all the roads. You can, <laughs> you can think of me when you forget your seatbelt, and again when your head goes through the windshield. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! You're like 19. <laughs> right? <laughs> I look back at myself at like 19, and I'm like banging my head along. And I'm like, no, no, no! Like it's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's like, um, like Coheed. Um, I remember putting up the uh, the line from, I think it's a favorite house Atlantic. It might, it, uh, I might be misremembering this, but it's uh, pull the trigger and the nightmare stops. Uh-huh. And that's fucking brutal. That's really brutal. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'm not suicidal, but I, I just like this song that sounds really like, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like a, it's like a, a refrain yeah. at the end of the song. So you just keep saying it over yeah. and over again. And you're like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> It's uh, just, oh man, there there were so many lines back then that were just misconstrued as like you are you're, you're having problems. Do you want friend. to talk to someone, yeah. <laughs> man? And you wonder why mental health is such a problem. In right? This <laughs> just, no one talked about that for twenty years. It's just oh yeah, that's a, that's a normal thing to say, right? Um, <laughs> man, but yeah, I'm I'm really pumped to see Blink next week. Really pumped for Yellow Card in July. Uh, we're probably going to go see a couple of other emo bands that are coming around. Nice. So. I'm going to see The Cure for the first time in June. Blossom? At uh, in uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, you going? Yeah, we're going. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. I'm seeing my favorite band of all time is OAR. Nice. Uh, I'm seeing them in Pittsburgh that Friday, then driving to Columbus to see them back here by myself on <laughs> that Saturday. And then on the way back, I'm going to hit either Clag slash Mekong in uh, Sandusky or go to Illwill nice. and then go to Cleveland and see the cure with some buddies. Nice. So we'll have to link up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I would love to, I would love to hit Clag while we're up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sarah was like, the cure is coming to Cleveland. And I was like, Oh, okay. Say less. Yeah. yeah. And Robert Smith being the hero that he is got everyone $5 back on their Ticketmaster fees. Yeah. <laughs> Just the <laughs> coolest guy in the world. Like Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen were like, Oh, we can't do anything. And Robert Smith was like, I'll cancel the tour. Yeah. You don't get everyone all their money. Back. <laughs> right. like, okay. Okay. Cool. Tickets were 20 bucks and you want to charge $10 in fees. Yeah. Like, right. Ridiculous. Yeah. I hate Ticketmaster. So oh, it's much. ridiculous. Dude. I hate Ticketmaster. I hate live nation. I hate fucking, uh, what is it? Clear Channel, whatever yeah. the hell they were. Before the I heard, that. I heard it's Clear Channel. I heart Radio. It's I heart Radio now. It used to be Clear Channel. Yeah, yeah. Fuck all of them. Yeah, they're all owned by the same people. Right. <laughs> it's it's a one big conglomerate. It's one big fucking conspiracy. Warren Buffett's pocket. That's yeah, what yeah. Like, or um, what's the guy from uh, Time Warner? Ted Turner. Is that Ted Turner? No, yeah. he he's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it is Ted Turner. Yeah. I thought he was dead. I think I think he is dead, oh, but I think Time Warner, Time Warner is another one that fucking oh, okay. just yeah. Everything is owned by like three people. <laughs> it's it's so frustrating because yeah. like I want to go to all these shows, right? If, and if fees were literally like fifty percent less, I would be going. It'd to be all so these much shows. easier. Yeah. Like the thing is, you spe- okay thirty five dollar ticket? Cool. I'm spending a hundred dollars. Right. 
that's it. There's no negotiating. You can't go to a place and have them print you a ticket right. anymore. Like it used to be you could go to like Giant Eagle and buy a ticket and it right. would be low, like no fees or yeah. like, you know, taxes and that was it. It's not that way anymore. I actually got screwed with doing that though. Some of the small, obviously smaller venues are not like owned by like the big, you know, uh, like the Roxy Inn. Like you can buy tickets at like, there's a music shop next door. There's like a, uh, it's like a, a clothing store in Southside that you can buy tickets at. Right before the pandemic, I bought tickets to see OAR at the Roxy Inn. Yeah. And they were supposed to play the Friday before St. Patrick's Day. Oh no. In 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't happen, but they posted it as postponed, you know, we're going to see how this goes. There's two weeks and everything, and we'll try to reschedule. <laughs> well, here I found them. I just forgot about it. And I found four tickets that I paid cash for in my dresser drawer like six months ago. Like, oh, like that show is like going to be like three years ago. Yeah. Um, I like called like the rocks. You're like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. You're just like out like you're 100, you're like out 120 bucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So that's like the one time that like every time there's a pandemic, I guess Ticketmaster makes more sense than small independent venues. Every other time when there's not COVID. Right. <laughs> independent venues independent are who venue. you want to support. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what's frustrating. Like I like to see uh, – I forget who it was that we saw, but it was um, Grey Walker opened up for him. Mm-hmm. And they were selling no-fee tickets. Huh. Like the band itself. Really? Right. So, like, I messaged uh, Sykes, and I was like, dude, I'll meet up with you, like, wherever yeah. to get tickets without fees, and I'll, you know, I want to support you. Because yeah. Grey Walkers are local. They're fucking great, uh-huh. by the way. Uh, if you haven't listened to them, you should check them out. Okay. But, yeah, that, like, it was, I I, fucking, I think I met him in, like, Bloomfield or something uh-huh. at, like, a like the the basis job or something like that. You, like, worked in, like, a dental office or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was super <laughs> weird. And I, like, pulled up, and I'm like waiting in my like car and I, mess- yeah. I messaged him and he's like, yeah, I'll be right out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to finish cleaning these teeth. First. Right. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, like th- that type of stuff is cool because yeah. you're supporting the local artists and you know, they're selling their own tickets Yeah, and you're getting around fucking Ticketmaster. So right. it's always good. Yeah. So uh, as we, as we wind down here, we're, uh, we're sipping on a stained glass ceilings. Uh, from Dancing Gnome, which uh, I don't think I've gone through a podcast without drinking a Dancing Gnome One beer. One Gnome so. beer. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, thank you. Tyler, again, thank you for doing this, man. This is uh, this has been one of the more fun, like, ridiculous episodes. Yeah, so. we've been talking about this for, like, a year. Like, we were on, like, actually, it's funny. I was on episode 182, I believe, of Hop Nation, rest in peace, Yeah. Uh, with Adam and Steve, and uh, didn't even realize until I got on, they said it. I'm like, oh, man, this is episode 182, like... I know we're supposed to talk about like Creekside and beer and all that, but like, do you always want to talk about like pop punk? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, no, we do not. We want to talk about beer. Like, okay. That makes yeah. sense too. Um, but yeah, you were on episode, like, I, I forget what the first episode I was on with you. So the first one I did with you guys, except for minus the, uh, um, oh yeah. The, the, <laughs> the post, by Hops uh, Fest one, by Hops Fest that, one, like yeah. never, the, the, lo- never the, 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 the lost day. tape. Yeah. Um, the first one I was actually on was you, Alex and Jake, all three of you. On. Yeah. And that was like, Oh, I want to say it was maybe like episode one Oh four. Yeah. And like, as we've gotten closer to, it, and I've seen it's like, dude, like one eighty two. we should, we should do coming. something for this. And, and we did, we yeah. did it. I uh, think we're at like the two Oh five mark of the, of the, of recording here. Yeah. And I think that's the first time I've said the words Creekside beer. So <laughs> sorry guys. We're not, we're not plugging the store on this one. This is all about pop punk. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But also, if you've listened this far into the episode, 
Thank definitely you. check out Creekside Beer because Tyler runs a tight ship and they have some of the greatest craft beer in the industry in Pittsburgh. Um, and they also have the Turners and Iron City. <laughs> we sold a whole bunch of that really, really just okay beer. <laughs> you know, I had some. I had a 12 pack. Um, I bought it from my local place because I yeah. didn't come all the way out to Creekside. That's and I apologize. No, it's okay. It's but not worth the drive for just that. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, but it was like it was like the day that they were like, oh, yeah, it's back. And I was like, okay, I have to stop somewhere and yeah. try it. So I found some. I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great golf course beer. Have you um, tried the Cinderlands version? The no. Cinderlands tea? Dude, theirs is so much better. Really? I'm a little bit biased as, you know, like the big fan of Cinderlands beer in general. But yeah. I think it tastes. Hey, enough. We're almost done. It's, we're so close. We're so close. <laughs> um, it's sweeter. Tastes more like tea. Okay. Uh, I just think it's more refreshing. <laughs> Nothing against the Turner's Iron City, but I think when that beer is warms up at all, it yeah. tastes more like Iron City and unsweetened tea, which is a weird mixture. That uh, is a, that is a weird mixture. Um, I, I literally just spilled beer. <laughs> but no, Enough. I mean. More power, you know, more more alternative beers, you know. There's plenty of regular beer out there. Someone wants to make another tea, so you know, a lemonade beer, whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll drink it. I'll try I'll, anything. I'm definitely going to try yeah, it. I'll try it sure. once. Yeah. Sometimes twice. Right. Um, <laughs> so we've obviously reached the end of Chewy's time in the basement. <laughs> she is fed up. So we're going uh, to raise a glass here. Tyler, where can we find you on social? Uh, at Creekside Beer on Instagram, Creekside Beer on Facebook, and at Creekside underscore beer, uh, no underscore was taken, I guess, on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm canceled, uh, yeah, fuck him too. But uh, you will see all of all of my retweets. All, pretty much all of my tweets are retweets of Creekside. <laughs> Thank you for because I only to do that. I only tweet back at cans pittsburgh because he's hilarious on twitter oh dude he's so, awesome uh shout out to bill one time but we're gonna raise a glass here guys uh thank you for hanging out with us for this long episode but i think it's worth it because you get to learn a little bit about emo music and and music in general i think yeah. we really we really covered a lot it's like a master class so <laughs> yeah exactly it's a free master class that i'm putting up You're in welcome. a couple of days so uh tyler thanks again man cheers cheers thank you we out we out